date with all of you. Legal. Can't hide it from the youths, them. See? Watch it. Streets watching people keep peace dropping. Seeds open, but not telling the peace nothing. Squeeze doesn't the only universe open. Some say them I go, them mustn't mean nothing. Heads popping and the feet tapping. Small acts, tree chopping. What I got happen when the feet chopping? Them your style, yeah, them no need no pen. Ain't nothing like the narcos. Tell me where we can go with this contraband in our cargo. Call him Nati Pablo. They call him Nati Pablo. Kilimanjaro, nothing like the narcos. Tell me where we can go with this contraband in our cargo. Like like Naldo, El Hefe Head Hancho, St. James St. Andrew. So I feel I got you. When I change when I pass through, water in the grassroots. I will never forget you. Ain't nothing like the narcos. Tell me where we can go with this contraband in our cargo. Call him Nati Pablo. They call him Nati Pablo. Kilimanjaro. Nothing like the narcos. Tell me where we can go with this contraband in our cargo. Property up in the hills of Beverly But me prefer don't fit in the community Give the poor a sense of stability Why the government not do a damn thing Sunshine, rivers, and trees. We leave. Hey. When me see Jah, me see your way. Just take a from hypocrisy. I say, hey, every man to them own a philosophy. I live the proper way, and then me read a chapter daily. Man, they in a city hungry and no eat. And food they down a country does a drop off of the tree. Them, you see, say poverty no real. Then is what the reason revealing. I'm pleased to be chilling in the West Indies. I provide all my wants and needs. I got the sunshine, rivers, and trees. Release, yeah. When the rain pits up at the roof, herb just a steam pepper pot the stew. Life is a dream if you got gratitude. So God tell the regime them can't stop where we do now. Information you think on your own Or else you're a slave to the things that you know What do you know if you learn every day So be careful of things where you say Who knows, who knows, who knows, who knows I just go where the trade wind blows Sending love to my friends and foes And I suppose I'm pleased to be chilling in the West Indies 
provide all my wants and needs. I got the sunshine, rivers and trees. Green leaves. Africa in our soul, but a jack in our heart. It is of importance for I and I gather. If we cannot show now a balance that we are, how do we propose then to carry it abroad? Cannot go to Ethiopia and you not have a plan. The building of a nation and a helper and every. One a lover, one a man is just a man. It shall be a coronation when we learn, learn, learn. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I just go as a train You like to come in and dance anywhere you want because you pay your fare. Drinking in the sea or is it red stripe? Your lens pants and rock away Cause if you love you now you want to shine yeah, yeah. And if you're not cause the clock is shining Everything's sparkling clean Tell me what the brand in me If you wear clothes till your heart is shine yeah, yeah. Or if you wear clothes now your clock is shine yeah, yeah. Oh yeah Tell me what the mass in them say Dance are keeping a man to Here comes the danger, welcome the savior, welcome the rascal youths. 
You're not for oxygen. I did general issue in a warning boy. Waving the banner red, green, and gold. It is such a unprophetic season for discovered on stones and trees and scrolls. And even in the stories that Jesus told, Rasta youth must inherit the earth. Can't sit down, that just send me for work. Bring the fire in around, that just send me for perch. But I can't do it alone. Rasta recruiting, soldiers coming from near and far, I choose. Executing, still I see I works and be lost and far right choose. Here comes trouble, here comes the danger sent by the Savior. Welcome the Rasta youth. I and I start recruit soldiers for still I see I army. Hey. Here comes trouble, here comes the danger. Welcome the Savior, welcome the Rasta youth. You're not for axes, you are the general issue we a warning. Hey. Left, right, the soldiers are gone. Left, right, the soldiers are gone. I could have never throw it down, oh boy. Yeah, how we say left, right, the soldiers are gone. Happy Friday! We made it. The close of another business week. And not for his physical health shall fade away. Taking it real easy today. Inside the Friday mix. Whether them a doofy boost up them profile, them a take it too far. More than miles, the example them a set for black woman and child. Them sell out for dollar bills and silver coins. Subliminally, children a get hypnotized by them teenagers. Them start improvise, start carry gun and take one bag of life. Okay. Them some you lies. I'm no price tag. You must be stupid. Damn right. Bunch of bantam. Kabaka Pyramid, Junior Biles. You seek of only vanity and no love for humanity shall fade away. Fade away. Yeah, 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 yeah. You checks for Trotting consciously this morning. We don't just do the Ray Ray. Bills and silver coins Subliminally children I get hypnotized by them Message in the music this Friday morning Listen keenly Them some money and them dad and them no need no other Some of them really don't know them Some who no act like who no happy Yet no envy the brother Your soul is better than I'll earn the wealth My friend, you better know yourself We see them and go astray and them no one no end The father are going beat them with I won't keep to myself Music of only vanity And no love for humanity Shall fade away Fade away Skibbly bang You checks for only wealth And not for its physical health Shall fade away Fade away Accurate To be poor it 
is a crime, but look for new one do the time. Spending trillions and war one couple billion of a dime. And the richest country, them were full of gold and full of oil. Them instigating tribal war and economic genocide. And don't in a I'm going to stop that song right there just for a quick second. Because when I was listening to the song, putting the playlist together, good morning, by the way bad manners <laughs> happy friday again yeah so i have to get this off my chest as i was putting the playlist together and um i chose this song kabaka pyramid featuring bujabandon faded away you know we talk about third world countries and we talk about how we have been fooled made to believe that third world countries are filled with people who are lazy and not desirous of becoming anything or anyone lacking ambition but this morning as i'm putting the articles together i'm like hold on a second you know what that's a lie they have sold us that we have digested and it's still in our systems we haven't passed it out it's still in our systems the only reason a third world country is in the economic state it is in is because, quote unquote, first world countries have put together a marketing plan, a great advertising scheme. And what happened? We fell for it. We all fell for it. We thought that life was better in these first world countries. And then you come to the first world countries because they tell you you can accomplish great things. And you leave your country, brain drain, and you come to their country. You remember now you're lazy, you lack ambition, no insight, don't think about a future. But you leave your country and you go to their country and build up their country. I guarantee you if every single immigrant got up and went back to their homeland we would see who the real third world country is stop being fooled people you're abandoning your homeland making it stay in a third world state to build up another country think about that
Sanet, I hope you can speak. Good morning, by the way. Good morning. So it's not completely different from what you're saying. Here's here's my thought. Okay. There has to be developing countries for first world countries to exist. Okay. If the if there isn't, which is the third world countries developing, if they're not on top, then then there is no developing or there has to be someone who's developing for there to be a better or a leader. So it's not necessarily, yeah, while I agree that a lot of, um, if people who have left their developing nations leave this first world nation, it may, um, it may have some impact, but I think it's, a, it's built that way. We have um, institutions like the IMF and other, other institutions that have to they have to be on someone. What's my word? They have to, um, some country has to be at the bottom mm -hmm. or else they can't succeed. Mm -hmm. So that's my, that's my feedback on your, on your previous comments. Yeah. Yeah. That. And I agree with you, Sinet. I agree with you. Good morning, Javert. <laughs> <laughs> so I agree with both ladies. But I also feel that in our countries, we may not have the technology at the time. So you go to another country, you get the experience, you get the knowledge, and then you bring it back. Maybe some of the problem is you never go back. That's, that's another part of it. That's another part of it indeed. But here's the thing, and I'm glad you pointed Ladies, you pointed those things out. Javette, we come to this country to get the knowledge. And who are the ones imparting the knowledge? The immigrants. The immigrants are the professors. Let's talk about healthcare. Who are the best healthcare, best ones in the healthcare field? The immigrants. IT. Who develops IT in this country? The immigrants. And who are the ones that excel? The immigrants. Is that before or after the knowledge is received? Huh. Did they have technology before immigrants came here? Because, or did they send their people to other countries to learn tech and they brought the information back here? I think it could be both, a little bit of both. Especially mm -hmm. now in these days, because we know um, people leaving war-torn countries have, there's doctors, there's educators, but then they come here and unfortunately they can't get the same uh, hierarchy in life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a little of both, but we're all right. Yeah, we are all <laughs> right. We are all right. And I'm just wondering what would happen to the United States of America if Every single immigrant got up, took their money, and left. What would happen? What would America look like? Would they be able to build the houses as quickly as they go up? <laughs> what about farming? Are they going to be able to pick the cucumbers and the lettuce and the beans and all of that as quickly 
to get so on the really, supermarket shelves. Go ahead, Sanet. Really quickly, I'm going to interrupt you. Remember I was talking about my friend who went to Korea and enjoyed it? We yes, were, yes. Elle, we were talking about Korea. This is my friend Elle in the, in the goo. Okay. Um, I'll pull you up. Yes. So um, we were talking about Korea and their declining birth rate, Elle, that they're down to like zero point something. Right. And, I, and we were talking about... I was talking about how much you enjoyed it, and some people should probably think about, you know, checking it out. None, and then, I mean, we got hit back by someone who was saying, oh, they're racist. <laughs> but but we're going to leave that part we're gonna leave that because alone. it's not worth it. But if you have a mo- if you can, I don't know if you can talk because you're probably working, but if you can, let me know. And um, we we're talking about how, I'm going to invite you, and if you can, you come up. We were talking about how, um, what would it be like if more people immigrated? Yeah, I can't come up right now, but it was it was interesting. I just want to say hi, and that's it. Now. <laughs> we'll go on. Yeah, I was talking about documentaries and the, the um, chat, so take a look. Okay, let me let me jump over to the chat. Okay, good morning, L. Welcome to Coffee and Till. Thank you so much for following Sinead here. I do invite you to click on the greenhouse at the top. Join the club. We are here every Monday through Friday. 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. We're also streaming live on Internet Radio, QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. So Elle put in the documentary that there is a documentary on what we're talking about. It's called A Life Without Immigrants. I would love to see it. Oh, I got the look for that this weekend. I am going to watch it. (laughs) I am going to watch it. I am going to watch it. Yeah, I, I don't know, you know, last night I was, as I said, I started thinking about the whole thing when I um, was putting the playlist together and uh, Kabaka Pyramid song. And then this morning, here he goes again, fresh in my mind. And I just want to know what the great migration back to our homelands would look like. That's it. That's it. Would the U.S. of A be as great? But as I said, they have put a fantastic marketing plan together and have sold us a lie. Land of opportunity, but you got to bust your ass for it. Quality of life. Just think about that. How many people can say they truly enjoy their quality of life? Quality of life shouldn't have to involve working two, three jobs. Quality of life for me, there should be work-life balance. You're able to work so that you can take care of your responsibilities and prepare for the future. But more importantly, it affords you time to spend with those you love. Yeah. Something is, you know, wrong here with the wiring. And there are many people who want to return to their homelands and can't because they don't have anything to go back to or nothing to go back with. Nothing. Doesn't make sense. Does not make sense to me. But, um... And so I also saw this video. How could I forget this one? I saw this video, Kevin Hart. Um, he pulled out of Ethiopia. I think he was supposed to perform in Ethiopia. And I can't remember the exact details. But anyway, subsequent to that, there's another video. And he's saying pretty much the message is stop listening to the lies that 
the media is filling us with as it relates to the rest of the world. Because he said he was worried about going to the continent of Africa, the various countries, because all he saw were videos or documentaries or you know articles about starvation, murders, kidnapping. And he was like, oh, I don't want that to happen to me. I don't want to get kidnapped. I don't want to get murdered. But then there comes a time, thank God for tech, right? Thank God for tech. He had to dispel that, those thoughts and say, you know what, I'm a, I'm a, let me get out there. He said nobody told him that Durban was so beautiful. All they show you are the shanty towns, the dirt roads, the dilapidated buildings. That's what they show you. He said nobody told him South Africa was so beautiful. Nobody told him about the other countries and the beauty that's there. But, I have a problem with that. Yeah. Go ahead, say like, Go why ahead. Why couldn't he do his own research? Why, why did he wait that long? That seems ridiculous. Like, I know that Africa is not all dirt, patch, and hungry babies. That's ridiculous. I'm sorry. I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> Here's the thing, Sonette. Many of us have not ventured to certain countries because of the very thing he's talking about. We're hesitant. But because people are traveling or people who live in these countries are showing you the other side. Now we are more, we're like, oh, okay, I'm a go. And we, I have to give thanks for technology. Thank God for the internet. Thank God for YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, um, IG, every platform that people are using to now show you that life is good. Just as in, every, in those countries that they are showing you only the bad, the bad is right here in the U.S. But the U.S. is not going to show you their rundown communities. The U.S. is not showing you if you drive through some places that people are still using pit latrines, dirt paths, they're not showing you that. What are they showing you? The skyscrapers, the beautifully paved roads, all the lights that make your eyes dazzle, the malls, the entertainment parks, the amusement parks, if you want to call them that. That's what they're showing you. So it's a perfect marketing plan. So we, who are from the quote-unquote third world countries, need to start doing the same and thank god they have started they have started and they're sure people are leaving people are leaving the country because they realize that there is more out there there is freedom out there true freedom freedom to live enjoy life and not be bound by the chains of our utility bills mortgages, car payments, and everything that we're riddled with. Yeah. Yeah. They have a saying. <laughs> but you know what? Let me not say it. Let me not say it. Let me leave it alone. But yeah. Thank God for technology is what I'm going to say. And I'm here for it. I'm here to see everybody one day get up and say, to hell with it. I'm going back to my third world country. 
and see and everything that we were doing here everything that we created here we do it there and build up our countries i'm here for it granted i know i'm going back home i can't stay here this this ain't living i'm sorry this is not living the more i think about it but we have become so accustomed to the conveniences ease of access the right now, got to have it right now mentality. We've become so absorbed in that. Nobody wants to go in their, in their backyard anymore and cut a hand of banana or a bunch of banana. And, you know, nobody wants to do that anymore. We, we just want to go to the supermarket. It's there. Boom, 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 boom. boom and we keep it moving. We have been sucked into a vacuum and it's so hard for us to come out. Some of us can make it out, but some will never make it out why that's 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 my spiel this morning <laughs> that's my that's my spiel this morning good morning to everyone okay let me let me look down check in the chat check in the chat okay thank you so much for your comments in the chat l said america has great branding Julie says let me tell you how nice it is in the continent i've been to a few countries and man Valley of a Thousand Hills in Durban is magical. And Elsa, that is what is so beautiful about the internet. You can't hide the truth anymore. There was an article saying that millionaires are leaving America and the rich are no longer coming to the U.S. Facts. Complacent is the word. Attitude Kim says, no joke. Jilly says, a lot of these conveniences are available in a lot of African countries. For example, South Africa. And Kim says, this is facts. All right, let me pull everybody up. Sorry about that. My apologies. <laughs> yeah. Take off the blinders, folks. Take off the blinders and pay attention and talk to people. The beauty I will say about being in, quote unquote, first world countries is the opportunity to interact with people from different countries. Different, different countries. Throughout, for those folks who live in Atlanta, for example, in Georgia, in um, Baltimore, the city of Bal Baltimore, um, if you're in Philly, Philadelphia, uh, Chicago, there are a lot of Africans in those um, areas. Talk to them. Folks from Cameroon, Ghana, Nigeria. Ivory Coast, Sudan, talk to them, talk to them, you will learn more, we will learn more, all right, that was my spiel, <laughs> it's time for us to, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, who's that, somebody open your mic, James, good morning, yeah, morning, morning, yeah, yeah, I was going to say to like, um, in, in terms of education, too, I know like, in in um Toronto, like um the Nigerians are the um are the single like most educated um group. In the US in, too. Yeah. And like even though like Caribbean people have been here, like Jamaicans, Barbados have been here for for pretty much like century, a century or so, a little over a century. Like um most of the representatives in the, the top universities are from Nigeria. Yes, so and and 
if you want to know, you just go to one of their weddings. <laughs> yeah, like it's. And I remember, like one, one of my wife's um, best friends. She's from Nigeria, mm-hmm. and she was inviting my wife to, to the to the wedding. So, my wife was saying that okay, um, you know the the ticket and everything. We're gonna have to save up, and uh, we're looking at like. Ten, fifteen thousand dollars because, and she said, "Why so much?" And my wife was saying that, "Oh, we have to, you know, the airfare for both of us um, and hotel accommodation." And she got upset, and she's like, "Are you kidding me? Do you think I'd invite you to my country and you have to stay in a hotel? You know, my parents have a fifteen-bedroom house, and and <laughs> yes, yeah, so like, no joke, like some, yeah, there, there's some places." You know, Nigeria, Ghana, a lot of Americans are moving to Ghana like crazy. You know, if if Ghana continue this way, like you won't find African-Americans anymore in America because their entire communities in Ghana were just Americans. So, yeah, it's Africa is is looking up and hopefully they don't sabotage it. All right. Thank you. Jimmy. Yeah, I have on that note, I have an African friend. He told me, he says, before all these hotels and all these things, if you take a flight right now and you don't have anywhere to stay, you don't have to worry because somebody is going to put you in their home. You don't have to book a hotel to go to Africa because it, it's always been like that. You always have somewhere to stay. Is These people come in and build the hotels and create the division. Why it's like that? But some places in Africa, you don't need to, to do all of that. Yeah. They wash, they cook, they clean, they do every single thing for you. They treat the men them like kings over there. Yep. And that's how it's supposed to be, Kim. That's yeah. how it's supposed to be. We welcome people. But well, as I said, back to the fast life of living, like I literally come to realization, I said, shit, we're not farm again. Everything is in the lab. We don't need food. We don't do nothing. Because we we are, how we say it now, we are reset. I, I, I come up with the conclusion that the world is reset and it's reset for us to move fast all the time. Okay, it's money, 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 money. Keep running. So in order for you to make the money, 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 things have to move, move faster, quicker. You know, that's why you have a lot of burgers, a lot of um, junk stuff, um, quick and easy. Um, since when I started taking notice is when I decided what I choose to put inside of my body, like on a day-to-day basis, I changed my entire diet. And looking at every label, I couldn't find simple things without sugar. It's one of the most man. I see. Literally, when I started doing it, I said nothing without sugar. You have to, you have to go some weird place to find things without sugar, or you just have to have plant-based stuff. And is there plant-based? I'm not sure. Currently, I'm looking at um, Jamaica better than yeah, hundred times better. <laughs> Matter so, I'm gonna dig and plant up everything on my backyard and cook it. Because it's healthier. It's better for you. Right. Well, look at look how many people in Portland right now that are not Jamaicans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And are living there. They're from the U.S. Of course, we all know the, the trick in, in it for you to stay there. But when you look in Portland right right now, they're not Jamaicans. And they're 
Planting and living and showing on YouTube how mm-hmm. to survive in my own country. Like sometimes it grieves spirit. <laughs> but not a lie. But sometimes, you know, can we have to live to recognize the value of what we have and what we had? I remember. Um, just let me say this before I move on because um, time is on me. But let me say this quickly. A couple months ago, I want to say I came across a. Uh, snippet of a rasta man in jamaica who said you want foreign things you want foreign food foreign food come with foreign problems and he's true just yesterday no joke no joke me never sick a day in my life i'm gonna come here me have all sort of problems just no yesterday joke. we spoke about bpa in almost well, in 90% of the population, we have BPA in our system. And it's because of plastic. Everything is put in plastic. And when you think about it, um, it's not as though it goes straight from the factory or the, the, the packing plant to the supermarket shelves. No. Many times, have you ever driven past warehouses that are in the yards? There are tons of trailers. Many of these trailers, for example... Uh, a Walmart or a Target um, yard is filled with trailers. And those trailers are filled with plastic products that are sitting there in the hot sun sometimes for days before they are transported to the retail facilities. So we can't escape it. We really can't. But that's the price we have to pay for wanting things our way right away this minute. All right, it's time for us to go ahead and get started. Here are the headlines we have coming up for you today. <laughs> Gotta say good morning to everyone listening online on QMZRadio.com, the Quality Music Zone, and JanoRadio.com. Of course, I have to say good morning to my studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. It's Friday, February 24, 2023. We also have the Friday mix, and we have a feature Friday segment today. We're going to be featuring the music of Noah is the Jamaica's best kept secret. Thank you so much for joining me for coffee. Into World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. It is where I read the news and we share our views. You can find me on TikTok, Moments with Me Media, on Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on Twitter, Me Media Moments. The me in everything is MI. And here are the headlines we have for you today out of the Caribbean corner. Tourism minister hopeful for more connections through Barbados. Hey, Heinz, sailor who survived on ketchup is right in Dominica. Beach parties are threatening survival of St. Lucian whiptail lizard. Into Caribbean airways to begin flights to St. Kitts next month. Humanitarian relief rather than security support for Haiti, says Dr. Chang out of Jamaica. Investors from the Dominican Republic are eyeing St. Thomas and three people have been charged by the Lottery Scam Task Force in Orange Bay, Hannibal. A businesswoman shot 
dead moments after arriving home from church. Labor ministry advises caution in responding to a job fit to these job fair ads. We spoke about the scam this week. Seaview uh, Gardens Primary applauds successes of literacy program. U.S. man gets over 15 years after a failed plan to have sex with a child in Jamaica. One week, we're definitely going to talk about that. No report of employee bank theft in St. John's, say the police. And four things to know as U.S. issues new look green cards and work permits. In our story out of Latin America, I was a prisoner of Mexico's U.S.-backed migrant detention regime. On the international scene... Nigerian Senate candidate killed ahead of presidential elections. UN tells Russia to leave Ukraine. How did countries vote? In stories out of North America, 115,000 plus gallons of toxic vinyl chloride were at risk of exploding in the Ohio train disaster. U.S. mass killings have been linked to extremism spiked over last decade. In business and tech news, DOJ seeks court sanctions against Google over intentional destruction of chat logs. Netflix lowers prices in 100-plus territories. Mm -hmm. And check your wallets, folks. Check your wallets, your purses, your bags, your drawers, whatever. You may have an unspent gift card. Americans have a collective 21 billion dollars throwing just thrown down somewhere pop them out use them in health and science news sleep this way if you want to add five years to your life and friendships at work they say can boost happiness and we're going to talk about that we have our black history moment in believe it or not news sore loser or victim man claims billion dollar powerball ticket was stolen from him and that's the case in california a charlotte woman is taking legal action against chick-fil-a gonna talk about that one and a georgia woman intentionally crashes her suv into popeyes you, <laughs> you the reason hilarious anyway a chicago armed robber found at scene eating victims fried chicken this brought back memories we're gonna have those stories and so much more of course great conversation right after this one from coffee here we go hear that them think it's a joke sister talk to them now Do you have any doubt? It is what we're talking about. Under the pressure, under the pressure, yeah, under the pressure. Under the pressure, if your poor job is taken away, no, we cheat in a second, cause we all under pressure, my friend. Sometimes when you feel it, you cry down. I hurt your heart, you know, but you do not make it stress, cause it happy be better, not be living and it gets up to be under the pressure, my friend. I'm way born in the struggle, isolated in our bubble. One off in the rich, yet another for the poor. Jobless and please help us, we can't take no more. We're feeling the pressure, we are down to the core. Oh, money for the young when them send it off sure. And every nation come and get rich and we stay poor. Them show you $20, we go through the back door. Tell them, tell them, so we can't take no more. Under the pressure, under Hear that? 
them think it's a joke. Sister, talk to them now. Do you have any doubt? Mm-hmm. This one for talking about nothing. Under the pressure, under the pressure, yeah, under the pressure, under the pressure. If your watch up and take away now, we cheat in a second, cause we all under pressure, my friend. Sometimes when you feel it, you cry down. I hurt your heart, you know, but do not make it stress you, cause it's happy, be better, not be living at it, get up, be under the pressure, my friend. I'm way born in the struggle, isolated in our bubble. One half in the rich, yet another for the poor. Jobless and please help us, we can't take no more. We're feeling the pressure, we are down to the core. How oh, money for the young when them send it offshore? And every nation come here, get rich, and we stay poor. Them show you $20, we go through the back door. Tell them, tell them, so we can't take no more. Under the pressure, under the pressure, yeah, under the pressure, under the pressure. If your watch up and take away now, Cause we all under pressure, my friend Sometimes when you feel it, you cry down I hurt your heart, you know But you do not make it stress you Cause it's a baby better Not be living at the ghetto To be under the pressure, my friend It's real yeah. Lord have mercy, this can't get no worse Of me call it a curse of me Out it and hurt me Call it stressy because from the birth of the first Me I feel like the father desert me But mal when the pressure erupt Me never give up Thank you once again to everyone listening online, QMZRadio.com, JohnNoRadio.com. And thank you to everyone right here with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. For quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on to www.qmzradio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Overflowing up with up and the system corrupt Look how hard some are work and it's still not enough Who no lock down the world now nobody now walk And no food out in the house while the bills pile up When you listen politician you say wait a second Do they feel the same as you and I do? Under the pressure, under the pressure, yeah, under the pressure, under the pressure. Your watch up and take away now. We cheat in a second, cause we all under pressure, my friend. Sometimes when you feel it, you try it on. I hurt your heart, you know, but you not make it better, cause it's happy, be better, not be living, and you get up, be under the pressure, my friend. And it's time for us to get into the Caribbean corner.
And for our first story, we head on over to Barbados. Tourism Minister hopeful for more connections through Barbados, courtesy of Barbados.LoopNews.com. Barbados could soon have more flights coming out of North America and possibly Africa. Tourism Minister Ian Gooding Edgehill spoke of plans to expand flights out of the United States recently in the House of Assembly during the 2023-2024 budget estimates. While acknowledging that there has been reduced airlift from the U.S. market, Gooding Edgehill stated that efforts are afoot to address this with a sense of urgency. He disclosed that the government was in talks with two U.S.-based carriers from different geographical regions. Speaking to developments along the U.S. East Coast, the minister revealed that the government was currently in discussions with air carriers to increase traffic from the tri-state area. Minister Gooding Edgehill said government was entering talks with United Airlines to drive more airlift from that region. He also stated that government was approaching American Airlines to increase their capacity en route to Miami because their load capacity averaged up to 98%. All right, Barbados. So, you know, to tie this to what we were talking about earlier, and I think in the chat, someone made the comment about marketing ourselves. Um, I think L made the comment. Yeah. Individual countries, our individual countries do not market themselves outside of the country as places to visit. Not sure what the tourism marketing budget is or what their budget for marketing is, but I think it is something that governments now need to look at. Definitely need to put some coins over there, you know, spend their, those coins because they say scared money won't make money. And if you want to attract people so that you can change the narrative that's out there about your country, the only way to do it is to invest in that particular thing. And by doing that, you're going to have to spend money on getting those videos done, probably doing little um, micro docs and documentaries and post them up whatever invest in a youtube channel whatever you gotta do so that we can change the narrative and by doing that guess what's going to happen it's going to affect the the economics of the country because there's going to be increase in revenue through tax dollars right so you gotta think about that put that marketing plan together and keep pumping it. You ever watch TV and why is Old Navy market? Why is Old Navy advertising? Why is Macy's advertising? These people have been around forever. Why is Coca-Cola advertising? The more you see it, the more it becomes imprinted in your mind and the more you're going to be, you know what? Let me, let me try this out. So it's the same way thing we have to do with our country. Same thing. With our various countries, I should say. Push, 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 market, market, market. And that's true. You cannot let somebody else market and brand you. Who is going to know your country better than you? And I'm, I'm going to put myself on the block. I do not know my country very well. And that's the truth. I don't. But I'm looking forward to really getting into it. 
going off the beaten track and that's where the true beauty lies right yeah 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 all right so good job barbados for our next door we're gonna hop on over to dominica hey heinz a sailor who survived and catch up is right in dominica we spoke about this man a couple months ago the search for elvis francois the sailor from dominica who served survived on ketchup and seasoning while stranded at sea for 24 days has been solved he is right in dominica but has been with without a phone American food processing company Heinz, which manufactures thousands of food products, including ketchup, has been trying to track down Francois using the hashtag find the ketchup boat guy on its Instagram page to celebrate his safe return and buy him a new boat. With all the buzz surrounding this latest update, people have been trying to locate the lucky sailor to connect him with Heinz. However, it would appear Heinz has been able to finally make contact, and this is how. Local media house MO News on Wednesday found Francois in the small community of Anse de Mai on the north of Dominica, where they aired an interview online from his mom's residence. And that's how they were able to find him. Yeah, so good for you. I do hope that um, he gets that boat. And he gets a, a nice boat that has all the technology. Heinz, you can afford it. Look at me trying to spend the people their money. But um, yeah, get all. let him have all the technology. I want it to be a very modern boat so that, you know, he won't be stranded at sea again. And if we remember the story, um, he spent 24 days out there. He was eating ketchup and garlic seasoning and a bottle of maggie he tried eating some seaweed <laughs> and tried to drink seawater but that was too strong for him but he was picked up back in um january the 15th by the colombian navy all right so good for you good for you i hope um they're also able to give him a little ad i don't know beach parties are threatening survival of saint lucian whiptail lizard these lizards are beautiful but don't come near me the saint lucian whiptail lizard is facing a major threat to its survival that's according to deputy forestry officer mr pius haynes found only in saint lucia the reptile is located on the praslin islands just off the main coast of Macau. mr haynes speaking to loop news says that humans Oh, you humans are so destructive, are posing a threat to the species. Members of the public are hosting major beach parties, typically on public holidays and weekends. And that to forestry is a major concern as it relates to the conservation of the rare and endangered wildlife on the island. He said the island is a conservation site and serves as a sanctuary for the St. Lucian whiptail lizard and other wildlife species, including birds. Easy fix to that. I don't think that's um I don't think that's too hard of a problem to fix. Stop allowing people to go there to throw parties. That's it. Um just make it a place where people visit to look at these lizards or any other endangered wildlife and nothing else. You gotta they serve a purpose there, I'm sure. All right. Cut out the parties, find somewhere else. And the problem too, 
and this is what I can't, I don't understand with us as human beings. We are so destructive. If you go there, please take your trash back home with you. Take it back with you. Don't leave it there. Um, I remember back in the day, I used to go to Lime Key a lot and people would go there and leave their trash on the, the shore. It affects the um, coral reefs. It affects the marine life, folks. Clean up. And people have scant regard for the ocean. And yes, we know that things travel, things drift from all over the world. We know that. I get that. But we have to protect the ocean as much as we can. All right. Uh, next up. What do we have next? Come on, come on. Load up, load up, load up. Yes, L. I've heard that Hawaii is very aggressive. Yes, I've heard that too. Ellis saying Hawaii is very aggressive with protecting the environment from mainlanders. All right, Inter-Caribbean Airways is to begin flights to St. Kitts next month. Inter-Caribbean Airways ICA announced today that it will begin flying to St. Kitts and Nevis starting March 12, 2023. Hello, St. Kitts, following our heart. We announced today new air services from Barbados to St. Kitts. That was what they said in their social media post to announce the new route. This will be ICA's 15th country and 23rd destination on its route map. We talk about interregional travel all the time. So the opportunities are coming up for us to be able to do some island hopping. Let's grow the region, develop the region, make the region you know, shine bright like a diamond. All right, now for our next set of stories, we head on over to Jamaica. Okay, I must apologize. I hope you all are hearing me because my I just saw the thing. My internet is weak. Okay. All right, so next up, investors from the Dominican Republic are eyeing the parish of St. Thomas. Story courtesy of Jamaica.loopnews.com. Investors from the Dominican Republic are eyeing the eastern parish of St. Thomas, which is fast emerging as the new destination for development in Jamaica. Speaking at the inaugural Jamaican Dominican Republic Business Forum at the AC Hotel in Kingston on Tuesday, Tourism Minister Edmund Bartlett said, we are anticipating within a short while a good visit from another set of friends from the Dominican Republic who will be coming to look at my new destination, St. Thomas. The minister outlined that the group will be visiting to see how we can create a facility there that replicates something in the Dominican Republic. And I am excited about that. Major investments taking place in St. Thomas include the Southern Coastal Highway Improvement Project, which incorporates the main road throughout the parish and the construction of the Morant Bay Urban Center. There are also new developments in real estate in the area and general growth in investment opportunities. In the meantime, Bartlett said that the Dominican Republic Hotel Company, Viva Wyndham, is shortly to build 1,000 rooms in Rose Hall near Negril. I have a question, though. I have a question. Why... Um... We, why are they going to create a facility there that replicates something in the Dominican Republic? We have enough replication in terms of buildings already in Jamaica of other whatever. Why can't it be authentically Jamaican? I don't know what the plan looks like, so let me not get ahead of myself, but I'm just wondering. 
we can create a facility there that replicates something in the Dominican Republic. What exactly are you planning to replicate in the Dominican Republic? Yeah, I, I think I know what they're talking about. Okay. Um, it's, it's um, the, you know, those, what do you call them? Um, profit share, that, that's what they call them? Um, um, Timeshare? Timeshare, time sorry, sorry, timeshare, yeah. Okay. So, yes, yeah, so there, there's one, um, there's a company there that, that they have a lot of timeshare, so I'm not sure if that's the project. Um, I've been to one of them. It's like, it's like amazing. It's like out of this world. It's like, um, they're not hotels. They're like a gated community. Um, you have like houses, like the one that I went to, they have, they have about 400, um, um, like houses on, on the property um, where people go and spend like, you know, three, four months. And I think the property had like about 10 restaurants spread across. There's a beach on it, but it's not like a hotel setting. It's like, you know, like, I, I, I think it's a villa. It's a villa setup. It's like, a not, little, not, no, it's, it's not, a it's village not even like setup. a villa. It's not even like a villa. It's like a gated community. Yeah. Like, which is a like villa setup. Like how you'd go to Caribbean Estate? It's, it's, some, it's something similar to that. Like Caribbean Estate, but it's on a beach. and they have It's like something like Sandals Man, Ma, uh, Manor in Ocherius. Okay, I, I've never been to that one. But I know they're like your your own private house. Like with, you know, everything. Yes. Your kitchen, yeah. your closet, it's, everything. It's yeah. not replicated. Sandals have it long before. And I used to work in the industry of um, Timeshare, which we would know it as Vacation Club. Um, it's the same thing like what Sanders had before. And Kim, there's another so company that had it. There's before Sandals, I think San is it San Susi? Oh my San Susi had that before. San Susi in and, and in Ocherius. Yeah. So that's why I'm calling it a villa setup, um, James. I know exactly what you're talking about. And so if has anyone ever been to Columbus Heights in Ocherius? That's a similar setup too. We're only the only thing with Columbus Heights, it's more like a condo style. But yeah. I, okay. So if that's what they're referring to, James, it's nothing new to Jamaica. There's another place in um Trelawney. Oh my gosh. Silver Silver Sands, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's nothing new. So it has to be a different concept, James. Has to be something else. But but did they say new to Jamaica or new to St. Thomas? How can we create a facility there that replicates something in the Dominican Republic? Remember, St. Thomas is the forgotten um, parish, and they're now developing St. Thomas. They're investing now in St. Thomas. The thing is, like, I, I always wonder because, like, there's so much Jamaicans out there. I, I, we, we, I know we spoke about this before. Like, I don't know how well government the government is doing in terms of getting these people, like, giving them some some tax exemption, giving even probably giving them money. But there's too much Jamaicans out there to 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 you know have other like. Jamaica has moved forward, like in terms of development, highways, um, infrastructure, all of these type of stuff in the past 30 years. 
And I would say more than half of the developments are taking place with outsiders, like Canadian um, companies are developing um, gated communities, like um, Mexican companies, the, 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 the Indians, the, the Chinese, everybody else is developing Jamaica, <laughs> but Jamaicans. And yeah, it, it looks good when you're driving there, but are we going to own anything eventually? You know, that's my worry. <laughs> Hi, good morning. This is good morning, Al. Welcome. Oh, I wanted to say, I'm so passionate about the Caribbean because that's where my dad's from. He's from Trinidad. My mom's from Puerto Rico. Okay. And I wanted to say, like, the whole tax exemption thing, it looks lovely because you think, oh, we're bringing people here to invest, but they really don't truly invest into the country. Puerto Rico is a good example of that. Even though it's a U.S. territory, there's tax exemptions for certain groups. And they really do not put back into the country. They take that money and they keep it for themselves. So it needs to be a better plan than tax exemption and also not marketing our lands as just places for FET, as I put in the chat. <laughs> we have so, you know, America and the UK and Canada specifically have great ways to market to uh to uh to the to the brilliance that's out there to the doctors to the scientists and that's what we need more to come to the country and live show them like there's an alternative way of life you know we need to own our own pharmaceuticals have our own laboratories have our own grocers and start not exporting from outside the caribbean but working within our you know within our ecosystem of the caribbean and then also south america because we can support ourselves if we were not so reliant on the things that are outside the world. Thank you, Al. Kind of what I was saying earlier this morning, right? They have put a marketing plan together, perfectly packaged to pull us away from our countries. And what does that do? Leaves our countries barren, dry. Mm -hmm. that, that's exactly what, we spoke, what I was talking about earlier this morning. Exactly. It's the same. It's the same marketing plan they used when they put up the Statue of Liberty. You know, on the bottom of it says, "Give us your poor, give us this," and <laughs> and running on for four hundred years. Mm -hmm. So now we need to change our narrative because one, I don't like calling us third world. The new term: we're first world countries. We are the first worlds. Africa, Asia. We're so abundant in intelligence and resources, but we allow it to leave our countries. Um, and we don't benefit from it. Mm -hmm. So we have to start changing that narrative. I don't want Trinidad to be known as Carnival is beautiful. Carnival has such like a history and why it originated and everything else. But it just has turned into another corporate marketing scheme. Mm -hmm. We yeah. need to narrative. And, you know, I want to go back and open up more schools. I want to invite companies like Cisco and Salesforce and stuff to come in and you know, uh, hire within our country some of that brilliance so they can go learn and bring it back. And we have to encourage our people to come back. You that know, we, part. yeah, we most definitely can't lie about what's happening in certain places. I have some family members that do not want to go back to Trinidad. My dad is from Laventil in um, Puerto Spain. And it's still, I mean, it's a very small area, but it's also very kind of bad there, mm -hmm. but they don't because of some of the the crime that's been an uptick there and that's because you know lack of jobs 
uh, lack of certain things to keep people, you know, motivated and going. So we should start changing the narrative. And thank you again, Sinead, for inviting me. I've always talked about, I always wanted a Caribbean and Latin uh, newsroom because we have like Africa, but we didn't have a Caribbean one. So thank you for inviting me. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Sinead. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so next up, humanitarian relief rather than security support for Haiti, says Dr. Chang. Story courtesy of Nationwide Radio JM.com. National Security Minister Dr. Horace Chang says Jamaica's assistance for crisis hit Haiti will be humanitarian relief rather than security support. Prime Minister Andrew Holness recently announced that the government is willing to send military assistance to Haiti. Dr. Chang, who is also Deputy Prime Minister, says CARICOM is still considering how best to assist the French-speaking nation. Prime Minister Andrew Holness recently announced that the government is willing to send military assistance there. Uh, but Haiti has been embroiled in deep political, economic, and social unrest since last year. Armed gangs continue to dominate parts of the country, with the nation's security forces unable to meet the challenge. Haitian Prime Minister Ariel Henry has asked for urgent support from a coalition of foreign military forces. Three people have been charged by the Lottery Scam Task Force in Orange Bay, Hannibal. They have been charged with possession of identity information and possession of access device after two separate incidents on Tuesday. In the first incident, lawmen searched a two-bedroom dwelling occupied by 27-year-old Dino Vassiani. I think this wasn't the story. Didn't we talk about this yesterday? What, what does this sound? Am I living in deja vu? Or mind my dreams. I'm sure we spoke about this one. The 27-year-old and the 19-year-old where the mobile phones were seized and the phones had personal data, banking information, and all of that good stuff. Okay, put on a scam in life, folks. Put it down, put it down, put it down. A businesswoman, unfortunately, was shot dead uh, moments after arriving home from church. Story courtesy of Jamaica.loop News. The Hanover police are probing the murder of a businesswoman who was gunned down moments after returning home from church on Wednesday night. The deceased has been identified as 54-year-old Paulette Baker Frame of a Cousins Cove, Hanover address. Reports are that shortly after Frame exited a motor vehicle and entered her home, gunshots were heard. She was subsequently found suffering from gunshot wounds and was taken to a hospital where she was pronounced dead. No motive has yet been established by the police for the deadly attack. Labor Ministry advises caution in responding to job fair ads. The Ministry of Labor and Social Security says it is aware that flyers have been circulating on social media advertising job fairs for overseas opportunities. We're also aware that numerous persons have responded to these ads and paid fees only to realize that the individuals are operating illegally. It is urging the public to visit the ministry's website at www.mlss.gov.jm to confirm the list of employment agencies licensed to operate in Jamaica. Listen to that again. Licensed to operate in Jamaica before engaging with employment offers. That website again, folks, www.mlss.gov.jm. 
am. All right. Persons may also contact the ministry's employment agencies. All right. So do your due diligence. Don't, we understand desperation always catches us. It's when we are at our most um, fragile or in our most fragile state when we're down that sometimes these great opportunities present themselves. So we need to step back for a second and do not let our desperate situation cause us to make detrimental decisions. Okay. Next story. We're still in Jamaica. Seaview Gardens Primary applauds successes of literacy program. Teachers at Seaview Gardens Primary School are celebrating a significant improvement in their students' literacy levels just months into a comprehensive initiative funded by the Deno and Geddes Foundation, DNG. The three-year, $8 million program launched in September 2022 to combat the learning loss suffered during the COVID pandemic is already delivering remarkable returns on the investment. Seaview Gardens Primary School Vice Principal Beverly Daly is the senior staff member overseeing the initiative. Discussing the initiative's impact, she noted uh, that there was improved student literacy and confidence. Additionally, reading has become the preferred pastime for many students enrolled in the program. And I'm going to clap that up. Under the program, two rooms at the school have been dedicated to reading, one for grades 1 to 3 and another for the upper school. Several testing instruments are used to identify students who are performing below the required levels. These students are then grouped according to the reading levels, regardless of age, to learn and practice together. Among the positive results so far are more confident students who comfortably participate in classes with their equally matched pairs. Good. We need that because I feel that with this, it is going to help them to be able to communicate effectively. Right? They're going to be able to reason, have a better conversation. It is also going to, I would feel, improve their ability to be able to exercise common sense. You know, we have a saying, and we, we laugh at it a lot when we say, boy, my head chipping up or careful enough because I can go from zero to 100 real quick. And yeah, we, 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 are, we do that real quick. But that is not what we want to pass on to our children, especially when in the, most recent weeks we have read articles where people are killing each other over foolishness literally foolishness why because we don't know how to have reasonable engagement and understand too that you don't always have to win every argument sometimes it's best to walk away agree to disagree respectfully so this initiative, I hope it gets spread throughout many more schools, will definitely lead to the turning around in attitudes and behaviors as a result. All right, so thank you, DNG. Go right ahead, go right ahead, go right ahead. James? Yeah, you, you know what I'm surprised about? I'm surprised that after about 50 years, 
that there's no more community, no more development like Seaview. Because Seaview, I think Seaview is one of the few um, areas in Jamaica that, um, like, poor housing that, that's, that's um, you could consider, like, was a success apart from, you know, the crime that happened there back in the 80s. But when you look at the infrastructure, the houses that are there and the phase one and phase two, you'd have to say that compared to, you know, those um, um, cardboard houses that, 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 that they, they, you know, bring in trailer and, and you know, um, food for the poor houses that they, they give to, to certain communities. You wonder why, I don't remember if, which, which government developed down there, if it was PMP or GLP, but Jamaica, Jamaica could do it like 10 more communities like that. You know, because the, the houses are, they're small, but they're comparable to, to Portmore. Hold on, and hold on, hold on. You lose me here for a second, um, James. We're talking about the houses or the education No, program. No, I'm, no, I'm just saying that the, the house, no, because like those communities, because why I mentioned the houses is because I used to live, I used to live there back in the days. Uh -huh. And those communities are able to, to have their own schools in okay. the community. Okay. Those, and, and so the, 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 it. You know, when you live in Seaview, in, in those places, like how Seaview is built, you're able to take your kids to basic school and they don't have to go on any bus and they don't have to leave the community and oh, they can okay. walk back, they can walk back to home. So in, in communities like those, it's easier for companies, you know, to because DNG um, thing is right next door to them. So so it's easy, when you have community like those, it's easy for, for companies to, or, or you know, other like people who, who go away and succeed to come back and to fund those schools and those kids are in the area they just walk to school and walk back so yeah it's it's, it's a good thing it's good that you know because you know like Seaview Riverton there are a lot of young kids out there that have the potential to 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 read and write and but they don't you know to bus fear to go to school and lunch money and all these things so yeah it's a, it's a good thing okay all right gotcha all right thank you james yeah so we, we want more initiatives such as this because um the basic thing of just reading makes a huge difference in one's life and of course through reading one is able to expand their mind and to dream more and then go beyond dreaming and actually do all right a u.s man gets 15 oh i'm sorry donald go ahead go ahead donald Donald, go ahead. Morning, morning. Moments. I just want to go back to a story you read earlier with sure. Haiti and yes. Jamaica giving assistance. Um, it's kind of ironic that um, the Jamaica government is issuing visas for Cuba yesterday, a few days ago, and now want to send military assistance for <laughs> Haiti. <laughs> now, you mean revoking, um, block, stopping Cubans from Cubans having visa-free access? Visas, yeah, yeah, access, yeah. But um, what I should say is I think CARICOM has to step up and at minimum give Haiti humanitarian assistance mm -hmm. because the poor will always need. And it's wanting to try, once you're trying to go into the military aspect of this, it becomes very, very complicated. But wherever you are in the world, whatever you're going to, I believe there is a corridor by which we could find avenues to support people on humanitarian 
with humanitarian needs. And I think uh, CARICOM has to be more proactive in that regard. And it is ironic that yes, Haiti had its trouble, but since after the assassination of the president, all of a sudden they have the most guns. So guns just appear, gangs just appear, and the proliferation of this kind of drug lord and warfare stuff has just become so prominent that military assistance is a big thing. Before that, there was no need for military assistance for Haiti, even if they had problems like everybody else. But I think we can start by embracing them on a humanitarian level. We can start by embracing them and reaching out to the Haitian people and try to help find some kind of stability. Putting more guns on the ground in Haiti would not solve any problem. And I wonder why it has become exacerbated to the point where this is the only solution that is seemingly being pushed. Who is pushing that agenda and how is that helping the Haitian people? Uh, Donald, isn't that what is hasn't that been the strategy for decades or that's the, that's the solution. And let us follow the money trail. Why is that the solution? Because when you put guns and ammunition and armored vehicles and so on and so forth, anything related to quote unquote military, the money is going back in whose pockets? So that's where that's the reason why it's always the go to. And that is the go-to that is um, promoted by the U.S. at all times. Let's hold on, Afro. That is the answer for all the time because it comes down to dollars and cents. That's that's what it is. I'm looking out for my a return on my investment. I have invested heavily into arms and weapons. Somebody needs some money back, and you know what? This looks like the most viable way. We don't really care about the people, them. We don't really care about the infrastructure of the country. We really care about our pockets being lined. And that's it. that is why, as history has shown us with most countries, that is always the resolve. Let's go in. Let's bring in troops. Because with the troops, we're bringing in guns and ammunition. Well, the people, them iridium, them want. That's all they want. And that's why they're over there. I keep up pure foolishness. Uh, and uh, do them foolishness uh, and think because uh, they want the people them iridium the people them out Haiti have a mountain uh, a mountain of uh, iridium over there you get me and we can look up what iridium does the type of material it is and what they use it for you get what I mean I say uh, that them want the people them uh, 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 so remember the time when they look up like what kind of resource them have over there uh, and like yeah, say what, what? What is it? Like oil or, or something like so? But it it it's hard to get access to because uh, if them drill too deep on something with them, the the plate, so it might cause earthquake or whatever. Uh, I think we all look up. Sometime last year about it, uh, what kind of resources them have. Well, iridium is the next big thing them have over there. We have a mountain of um, basically make out of iridium, and it seems like that had a big fight. Everybody want right now the resources. The US them already take part in a try to dig it dig it down and all them something there already so come uh, 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 them one from the people them and I think South Africa yeah South Africa and Haiti them have the most iridium uh, resources you get me so uh, I'm telling you about the US already you know them 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 start up come them start a problem and then try to come in with a solution. Same like back in the days um, them come in and give some uh give uh, some young guns <laughs> if, obviously at the same thing they might do again 
them just a repeat the whole process. Come in, Gigiang's gun. As we done, I say, how oh, come all of a sudden a pair gun just a come up from all over the place? What, the gun them just a flow across the ocean? Just stranded, man? What gun them a come from? I don't know of Haiti making guns. Haiti make guns? They have a gun factory? So where the gun them a come from? The gun them now just a float like trash pan water and, and come over. So, right, you see some gun you throw your fish in at my jail and, and bring in the gun them. No! Them are trying to for, for mash up the country so they can go in and, go, and take what they can take. That's all they do. You get me what I say? I'm afraid to say it. Alright. So for those who are wondering what iridium is, I-R-I-D-I-U-M, it is one of the rarest metals on the Earth's crust. Um, and it's used for, um, the, it's a hardening agent. And it's used in platinum. Um, you'll find it in um, compass bearings and uh, electrical things and so on and so forth. So, yeah, that's what he's referring to. And the um, heat resistance. They say them use it like you know, like this uh, spaceships and stuff like that, or any type of vehicle where we um we can like some heat resistance type of material. So it's very them use it in, a, in a stuff like that. All right. Yeah. Yeah, so Donald, <laughs> that is forever going to be their answer, Donald. Yeah, but I'm saying CARICOM, we in the region has to be more proactive. We can't sit by all the time like that. And I you agree know, with We that. have to embrace each other some more. We have to engage in the conversation. We cannot leave Haiti isolated on their own. Bring them in the conversation, table these things, see what is needed, but at minimum there is always need for humanitarian aid let us try to get as much as we can into haiti so that this situation did not deteriorate even more and people are not easily displaced because they don't have food and water and basic stuff at least let's try to take care of that while even if they can they have conversations or engage to see how you could curb the military issue but let's look out for the people, let's embrace Haiti. Haiti is one of us. We have to stop treating Haiti as a stepchild. Let me ask you a question, Donald, because as you were talking, real quick, is the, is the CARICOM community strong enough, brave enough to go against the U.S.? Because what it sounds like to me is they are moving from a position of being timid because they don't want to be sanctioned and they rely heavily on US dollars they will you know and you talk about tourism also could that be a possibility why they let's look at what we spoke about yesterday with the government of Jamaica um, looking to stop visa-free access to, um, to Jamaica the Cubans from having visa-free access and of course the, the writing is on the wall we can see through that so could that be the situation with CARICOM Yep. Hold on, um, Afa. Go ahead, Donald. But as long as we are thinking that we have too much to lose, and we're thinking that we're going with heart in hands, we think we have nothing to offer. The car, the car, car come as a, as a, even geographically located. Walking as one accord has a lot of leverage. And yes, we are tied into the U.S. economy, and we are dependent to some extent on the tourism and so on. But I am of the opinion that if we unite and work with each other, we could offset a lot of this dependency through interregional trade, 
and movement of goods, services, and people, etc. So we could cushion the impact. On top of that, because we are so strategically located, if we move it in one accord, and we have the Chinese and them who would love to leverage the region to come right in the U.S. backyard, you have the, the Russians and so on, we have more power than we actually realize. Mm -hmm. But when you have cases where, for instance, the last time where there were five prime ministers that met with Trump outside of CARICOM, Jamaica, I think it was Guyana, the Haitian, a couple of them, the Haitian, St. Lucia and so on. When you have these little fractions, you understand, and Jamaica has been living, leaning, leaning heavily to the U.S., then that further fragment CARICOM. You understand? Mm -hmm. And that's for the fragment the region. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But that is why I'm saying we need to come together because there are a lot we can benefit from each other. There is a lot we, we can offset in terms of even goods and services. Right. We, we buy a lot of the, this inferior stuff from outside. And I am of the strong opinion that a lot of this stuff can be sourced within the region, which will be better economically for all the economies. Yes. Because if Dominica, as I continue to say, could sell the bananas and the produce to um, Barbados and the, the Vinces could do more sending stuff to Trinidad and stuff and we could use Trinidad manufacturing based on the cheap oil to manufacture more goods that is spread around the region and we could use all the resources of Jamaica and Guyana and we found, we found synergies within the region. The kind of trade and stuff that we could derive from that I am telling you, as much as we are tied into the U.S., the U.S. do not pour much stuff in the region. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As a market, we're tied into them. But if we start to diversify our economy and do things, we could find ways to get around it. And on top of that, diplomatically, if we're supporting um, Haiti, we don't have to go against the U.S., we just have to support Haiti. Facts. 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 Thank you so much, uh, Donald. Appreciate that. Yes. Go ahead, Fabian. Yeah, good morning. You know, um, I'm of the belief. First, The first question I ask myself is, what is the incentive for CARICOM to step out of their comfort zone and not step on toes? And for me, I don't see any on the surface. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying to Donnie, Donnie, who sounds like a very uh, good-hearted uh, gentleman and everybody else in the room, it's going to come down to us. We, were, If not, we're going to be in this room five years from now having these discussions over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. It's on to us, even on a obviously much smaller scale. What can we do instead of waiting on elected officials to make these changes when we know that there's so many backdoor deals and, and things that we'll never find out why people feel and stay loyal to how a certain thing is. This hated situation, as we know, has gone on forever. I think it's some punishment for them being the first free uh, uh, country, you know, from slavery in the Western Hemisphere. And every now and then it's like uh, their person have to come and remind them who is really in charge. Mm -hmm. That's all I have. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, Donald. Thank you, Fabian. Appreciate your input. Go right ahead, L. Thank you. I wanted to say I agree with everything that Donnie says, like, um, which is one of my, my startup I'm working on um, is going to help promote that. I have a, a philanthropic piece of it to help bring the, the Caribbean back to where it should be. Um, 
if it wasn't for outside influences and impacting the Caribbean, like Cuba um, and uh, Haiti, you know, if you think about it, those are lessons for us not to go against the grain. If you look at what has happened to Cuba, what all of us have allowed to happen to Cuba and Haiti. And if we go in there to support, regardless of sanctions, we, you know, we can make a change because you know, what's the what's the quote like, you know, um, silence is acceptance. Yes. And that is what we have. We've accepted the status um, of just being the party place of just being a. Uh, if I hear one more American say it, always iry, you know, because they think <laughs> we just relax and we don't do anything. Um, and and that's where, you know, educating, education is key, teaching our children our history, not the history that was told by the victors, but our history about how we've come about, how it was, you know, Haiti was the first to receive their uh, their freedom twice from uh, from the French and how they actually had to pay reparations to the French for getting their freedom because the French were acting like the victims and it was in the upwards of the trillions of dollars and this is why Haiti is in the state today. Um, Cuba, you know, they received their fr uh, freedom from the Spaniards because people were too, uh, the, the slave master at the time and the slave, it got to the point where there was no difference and they were just Cubans. And the U.S. came in with the Batista and overtook it and they tried to turn it into another touristy place, a place where the uh, mob could clean their money. So we need to take our narrative back and collaborate and not wait for others to do it. We should not want to have systems like in the U.S. or a system like in the U.K. We need to build systems that support our way of life, that support what we want to, you know, what, what we want to accomplish in our end goals. We don't have to wait for other countries to do it. We're not a U.S. territory or anything like that. We can do it. We just have to have the uh, the gumption to go in and, you know, change our stories and not let other people tell the story for us. Facts. Thank you so much, Elle. So it starts with us as individuals. We have to change our mindset. We have to. And it's all about how we think and then how we will act. We have to put a plan in place. Meeting of the minds has to happen. Correct. All right. Moments. Yes, it, it, it seems like it seems like all are winning. You know, so Fabian, you, Daniel, you know, even Javit, James, you know what I mean? And the list go on and on. You know, you know, I'm, I'm myself, you know, I'm not exclude myself. I'm, I'm, you know, I include myself too. You know, it's something like say, oh, I forgot. I start one government because it come like we government and now they nothing start. Like we, 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 them claim to say we not have the qualifications like what them have, but yes, still we are come up by just sit it being in the room and having these hearing these problems and just solutions just a pop up. You know what I mean? And these are things where we think say so leaders who we vote for will and simply come up with. It will be so easy for them because. You know, them have the, 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 they are so qualified or whatever it is, and they have people around them advise them. But it seems like we are the ones who are, are, are come up with these solutions. Like, how many times we come up with some stuff, some simple stuff by just talking about the problem, and we come up with solutions, and then maybe a couple months later, you, you hear say, you know, them something uh something we don't talk about a problem we don't talk about them come up with the same thing i was like oh it seems like you're listening to us you know what i mean <laughs> so it come like what well, we to start with one little thing man you know what i mean <laughs> uh, and corona advise you know that the government are just 
just get rid of them and just do own thing you know what i mean make we be for the people because it come like either them detach or them just get followed the agenda where everybody just all for themselves <laughs> you know what i mean one world domination and all them something i must attack one moment you know see you said something Afo. we are playing our part we're doing our part the fact that as you highlighted that we're able to um recognize the issues have conversation about the issues present solutions and then as you said months later you see said things coming to fruition you know as i always say you never know who is listening so we keep doing our part we continue to have these discussions because somebody is listening all right all right next story a u.s man gets over 15 years after a failed plan to have a sex with a child in Jamaica. An American man was on Wednesday sentenced to more than 15 years in jail for child pornography after negotiating a plan to have sex with a child in Jamaica, which he claimed was merely a fantasy. Darren Calmer, 58, of Fayetteville, North Carolina, in the United States, pleaded guilty to two counts of receipt of child pornography on May 13, 2022. He was sentenced to 188 months in prison on the two counts, according to a statement from the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of North Carolina. According to court documents and other information presented in court in 2019, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children received two cyber tip reports from a social networking platform tagged relative to suspected child exploitation activity. The cyber tips concerned activity in May 2019 between two users who discussed arranging for sex with minors abroad. One user on the platform, later identified as Kalmar, mentioned having sex with a 13-year-old Dominican girl and asked the other person to arrange contact with a girl who was 9 or 10 years old. The other responded with a photo that appeared to depict a pre-pubescent um, female. Kalmar responded, perfect, I want her. They negotiated prices, settling on U.S. $90 for nude photos and U.S. $250 for access to the child for five days. Kalmar reportedly provided a cash app payment username that contained Kalmar and an email address with the username DSKalmar32. At the end of the conversation, Kalmar stated that he sent the money and that he needed the photos. Now, you get the money and run? Kalmar was quoted as asking the individual said to be the second user. The U.S. Attorney's Office said the IP address for the second user was traced to a woman in Jamaica, while Kalmar's IP was tracked to a residence in Fayetteville. Law enforcement officials compared Kalmar's driver's license photograph to a user profile photo on his tagged account and found that they matched. On October 18, 2019, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, executed a search warrant on Kalmar's home, during which his cell phone was confiscated. On the device, the agents found audio files in which Kalmar appeared to be discussing upcoming travel to the Philippines for sex with a 15-year-old minor female and her friends. The FBI confirmed that Kalmar had purchased tickets to travel to the Philippines 
on those dates. During interviews with investigators, Kalmar admitted to owning the tagged account and chatting with someone in Jamaica. He added that he also confirmed that the Cash App account was his, but claimed the conversation arranging a sexual encounter with a minor was merely a fantasy. The FBI conducted forensics on Kalmar's computer and several mobile devices and found 21 images depicting child sexual abuse material on a cell phone. On the computer, the investigators found an additional 401 images and 11 videos of child sexual abuse material. The files included minors under the age of 12. He was subsequently charged with two counts of receipt of child pornography relative to his interactions with the Jamaican on the social messaging platform. I, I, I know it was... Go ahead, Javet. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, his defense is that it was a fantasy? Yeah. You didn't even have to go any further after that for me. All I want to know is, is his jail time in the U.S. or is it... In the U.S. It should be in Jamaica, but it's in the U.S. Ah, okay. I'm done. I don't, I don't even have any more to say. Mm. Yeah, I'm done. Lord have mercy. And and I tell you before, them have an association here in the US called NAMLA, which stands for North American Boil of Association. And it's been around for a very, very, very well, a couple of decades now. You know what I mean? I think I probably not the 80s, maybe a little bit before that. They dipped them their own. Uh, recently, upon TED Talk, well, a couple of years ago, yeah, some years ago, we see it on TED Talk where them want to be a part of the LGBT community. And again, them still are going to have discussions about being a part of this um, association, this organization. And, uh, and that is why I tell you, it's like some people them try to depend on the fence when it comes to them something. You know what I mean? Because these are the type of people where go around just up in a woman's clothes and then they go at your kids' school go have reading time. You get what I say? And that brainwash the little kids, they're minors. Not even adults, you know. If you're adult, Apple. too. Apple. Apple. I'm kind of triggered right now. Yeah, so that's <laughs> so why can we, we not? No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, we'll so can again. we not Jealous add stuff. any more? Can we not add any more? Because I'm kind of triggered right now, and so, you're adding even more on top of the story. So, but, so yeah, but I thought no, no, no. What he knows, you know, you have to listen to what she's saying. She is triggered by the article, right? So what she does, what she's asking, and we want to respect people's feelings, right? What she's asking is that we not be any more graphic with what's going on because it's triggering for her and for, for possibly for other people listening because people may have gone through this and they don't want to relive the experience. So, so that and is he's, what... And he's, and he's told us already about these organizations and I just kind of want to move past these sick people. Yeah. But so I'll leave the room if we need to go and I can come back. I'm, you don't need to leave, you know, um, so, um, Javed. You don't need to leave. Thank you. But what I'm trying to say is... You, 
see, them still are going to do them thing. Yeah, and but these okay, things still taking places in the school. Alpha, you have so to listen. Understand. Alpha, no, no, no. I don't think you're understanding what we're saying. When someone brings up an article and it triggers them, right? What it means is that it is either, it could be a variety of things. It could be a reliving of an experience whether something that they experienced themselves or somebody close to them experienced. And by us belaboring, talking about it more and bringing in other facets, it's making it worse for them psychologically. So we don't want anyone to feel triggered. We just want to move on with the conversation. All right. That's what she means. She's not saying that we don't want to hear what you have to say, but the, it's the emotional and the psychological effect that it's having. All right. Oh, she left the room just to let you know. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so we, peace. yeah, we have to be respectful of that. Okay. After if someone says that something is triggering them, for example, someone who is afraid of heights and you forcibly put them in an elevator that takes them up to the 50th floor and have them stare outside we don't know the damage we're doing to them all right so let's look at it that way go right ahead sanet i'm i'm sorry um yeah thank you we're, we're done talking about that let's move on to the new subject i appreciate yeah. that all right no problem no reports of bank of employee bank theft in saint anne say the police story courtesy of nationwide radio jm Head of the St. Anne Police Superintendent, uh, Senior Superintendent Dwight Powell, says he has no report about a bank employee stealing $35 million from a financial institution in the parish. On Tuesday, it was widely reported in the media that a female bank employee allegedly stole the money from a financial institution in St. Anne. The reports alleged that the woman left the bank with the cash and told her supervisors she was heading to lunch. It's alleged that after she failed to return to work, a probe was launched. It's claimed that the probe revealed that the cash was missing and that the woman had allegedly fled the island on a flight to Canada. But SSP Powell says none of the police stations in the parish have received such a report. All right, four things to know as the U.S. issues new look green cards and work permits all right the uh, story courtesy of jamaica.loopnews.com the u.s government issued permanent resident cards popularly called green cards and the employment authorization documents known as work permits now have a new security feature and features the u.s began issuing the redesigned versions on january 30. the government advised that the new cards are to reduce crimes such as counterfeiting identity theft and fraud and it is important important for you to know the following facts um one current cards are still valid there is no need to request a new card unless you have been formally advised by the government if your card has a specific expiry date be very careful to ensure it is renewed travel abroad and work related issues are always impacted by these dates all right so let us be careful with that all right um hold on one second here for me 
Okay, yeah, so let us be careful for that, with that. New cards may show older design features. The government advised that they may actually issue cards after January 30, which may still display the existing design format because U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services will continue using existing card stock until current supplies are depleted. All right. This means that when you get a new card or have an existing card, you have to carefully examine it and be prepared to advocate that the card is valid. New and old cards are acceptable. Importantly, cardholders must be aware that both the new and old cards are acceptable for travel identification and work related purposes as appropriate however a special note was highlighted that some older green cards do not have an expiration date these older green cards without an expiration date generally remain valid however uscis encourages applicants with these older cards to consider applying for a replacement card because this will help to prevent fraud or tampering should the card ever get lost or stolen all right number four be vigilant with your cards card holders must recognize that it is their responsibility to secure their cards Never, 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 never lend immigration cards to others as that is an offense. Never use questionable services for immigration assistance. When conducting business, please ensure that those you're conducting business with, that they are legitimate. All right. Always ensure cards are returned when doing any type of business. If, unfortunately, cards are lost or stolen, make a report and immediate efforts to have them replaced. Remember that you should always secure your cards in every single circumstance. I must advise this article does not constitute legal advice and is intended for informational purposes only. This article was written by Nadine C. Atkinson Flowers, who is admitted to practice in the U.S. and Jamaica. Her U.S. practice is in the area of immigration, while her Jamaican practice areas include immigration and general legal consultancy. She has been an attorney for over 15 years in Jamaica and has written articles for several legal publications. All right, so remember, this information does not constitute legal advice. It is intended for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of an immigration attorney or go directly to the immigration services. All right, let us remember that. All right, Skinny Fabulous, we spoke about him yesterday. Right, spoke about him yesterday. Remember, we, he, he um won. He con um congratulated. What was, what was it? Yeah, he congratulated Bunja Garland.
Vincentian Soka star Skinny Fabulous is among five artists who have been highlighted in a Grammy article written by Patricia Meschino entitled Five Artists Essential to Contemporary Soka. Michelle Patrice Roberts, Voice, Skinny Fabulous, and Kez the Bad. Skinny Fabulous is the only Vincentian among the Trinidadian-led strong list. The extract on Skinny Fabulous highlights that on the intro to his recently released debut album, Bad, which means Beyond a Doubt, singer-songwriter Skinny Fabulous declares, I am very happy that I am one of the ambassadors of St. Vincent and the Grenadines. I was born to do mu music. I was born to be of something bigger than myself. The article touches on his career, highlighting that Head Bad created a demand for him throughout the Caribbean in the U.S. and parts of Europe. The write-up noted his 2008 St. Vincent Carnival Road March win, his collaboration with Michelle Montana and Bonji Garland on the 2019 Road March winner, Famalelelele in TNT, and also highlighted the big 2023 Carnival release, Come Home, a duet with Nyla Blackman. The latter song, Come Home, placed second in the 2023 Visit Trinidad Road March race, after it was played 106 times. Soka artist Gamal, skinny fabulous Doyle, Gamal Doyle is his right name, is a cultural ambassador for St. Vincent and the Grenadines. All right, thank you so much, Caribbean.loopnews.com, for that article about Skinny Fabulous. Big up yourself, Skinny. Proud of you for that. We always celebrate a win is a win, regardless of where you are from in the Caribbean. All right, it is almost the top of the hour. It's time for us to get into our Friday feature segment. Uh, go hey, ahead. Go, yes, yes. Can I say something? Yes, 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 yes. Go right ahead. I just want to say, I don't ever want to halt someone's conversation. Earlier, what I meant was we didn't have to get into the explicits. I think just saying that there's organizations out there that promote that type of activity and leave it there, that would be okay. But when you start expressing the things that they're doing, that's what triggered me. And that's why I was asking Afa to just kind of halt the conversation there. I wasn't trying to quiet, and I will never quiet anyone in this space. So I just want to say that. All right. Thank, thank you, Javette. Thank you. All right. Uh, it's five minutes before the top of the hour, and it is time for us to get into the Friday feature, which we haven't done a Friday feature in a long time. But I have been following this young man, um, for a while now he's been on the scene quietly working um yeah his name is noah Issa, and yes he is connected to the very family that is renowned for entrepreneurship in jamaica more specifically tourism but i wanted to play some of his songs and if you've never listened to his music i want you to introduce you to his music. So he is my feature Friday artist for today, Noah Issa. Here is his first song, Circles.
getting late What am I pretending for? Pour me a drink, I'm getting bored Is anything worth anything anymore? Went to battle with a severed sword Looking for that cheddar, got you knocking on the devil's door Don't tip the scale, that ship has sailed But there'll be plenty more And the sun don't shine the same Well, you're not in my bed no more Your sex so pure Making love on the floor You're hurting inside But you smile and pretend it's fine Now the sky's turning red in your mind in the moment, I know one is there by your side I know you're fed up but looking for love So you spend all your time Chasing things that hurt you And running around in circles Running around in circles At 11 years old, he actively responded to the call of music when he started building rhythms and writing songs. Now he proudly wears the titles producer, selector, DJ, and recording artist, making his presence felt with his interesting fusion of reggae, dancehall, hip-hop, and electronic music. This next track that you're listening to is entitled No Long Talking. The Jamaican artist is unapologetically enjoying his journey, which can partially be defined by his potent single, Rude Awakening. He said he discovered his love for music at a very young age. It wasn't really a conscious decision to choose that as his career. It was just something he really loved to do. Music is a risky business, but his family realized that he was totally committed to it. This one now is new styly. His professional career officially had its birth in 2007 when the music he made was released to the public and played on local radio. At that time, he was about 15 years old. Following the trend of giving rhythms names with a quirky kind of appeal, he was intimately involved with the release of the Carrot Oil and Brazilian Wax Rhythms, which featured dancehall acts such as Vibes Cartel, Elephant Man, and Wayne Marshall. This track is Rude Awakening.
Noah says he didn't actually name the rhythms but got his producer's credits. And away from there, he continued to produce for other artists in Jamaica while also continuing to write and record his own songs. His stage name? Simply Noah. This one is called Body Language. His professional career officially had its birth in 2007 when the music he made was released to the public and played on local radio. He was 17. Never forget that. All right. Never give up is what I'm saying. Don't give up. He's 29 years old now. This is the title track Overdose for this one. He has been quietly establishing himself since the debut production or since his debut production and his career has has evolved as a selector with his mashups and remixes of Jamaican vocals over electronic sound as well as an artist with the release of his own original singles. His first release was New Style, a fusion of dance hall, dub, trap, and experimental EDM. It was featured on BBC One Extra's Diplo and Friends, and this has led to other creative and artistic follows. The follow-up, Broken Wings, 
explored a different experimental vibe and it is and is described as having a transcendental feel with psychedelic textures combined with the sounds of the tram trombone sorry and the bass guitar creating a form of alternative dub reggae perfect on my first try i make the river you can definitely hear those um vibes below the transcendental feel and the psychedelic textures no doubt this next track broken wings is as hypnotic as it is lyrically creative but as noah says doing creative work has always been an important part of his life so being able to share that work with the world while connecting and collaborating with others is a real blessing More focused on writing, singing, and continuing his remixing, Noah's aim is to perform as a one-man band. And he took advantage of that during the COVID-19. In some ways, the COVID-19 lockdown was a blessing, he said, as it forced his whole family to come together right there, even the ones them from far in. And musically staying inside is something I'm used to because I spend so much time, so many hours in the studio, he pointed out. He has so far only released the singles, but promises fans that a body of work, perhaps an EP or a full-length album, will eventually be in the making. Here is a Noah Issa remix, Outcast.
His most recent release is Legendary, which is a remix of a remix done with Shaggy. Here we go. Why well, know why you're not easy, you know? You said that you jump on my remix, you send me a remix. Well, if I saw so, all right? Sing you. Yeah. How I do them, how I do them, how know them dead already. How to shell it and it's rhythm to a cemetery. They never seen a true visionary. Cause everything I do is legendary. To them ever heavy, them I send me cooler than the jelly from a coconut chop open with a new machete. Who not ready? I feel run like shelly. Girl, I tell me, send me love so nice, but it hurts so bad like Junior Kelly. Shape nice, give me the Coca Cola buckle. She know I know yes, man, tell her boy, go all a sample. Full chuckle, fire blaze in the cola chuckle. What about the proper girl, you're hotter than a solar panel. More than this whole candle, next to no one under them can hold a candle. If them on the show, me have my own channel. Them not ready for me, stepping on this own a battle. Bust down the door like shaking. Anything I want manifest when I speak it I don't need your ratings or respect You can keep it, I'm a problem Number one threat, they can feel it Best believe it Jamaica's best kept secret Read him just run it, lyrical murder me come it Left him a ask who done it ready for where them run from it Full of machine like mechanic, me just run Now extra clip and left the whole of them panic And all that shit and I vomit Me beat them professionally from the start to the finale Most of lyrics when me carry couldn't fit in and naturally Run the game like Monopoly, knock them up my armor darling Hotter than a summer in a Vegas or Cali Full of a style and full of a class, some boy them hungry Full of a chat, full of a cheer in the class When man a split lyrics with hot You tell me you can me from a dancer Put me on the map, me all the chip off of the block When it flop Testing for greatness, haters can't stop it Set the bar I know them can't catch it Black Taborella, the latest hot topic of the whole world Lock on the key, they know my pocket Where I said no? I want to them, I want to them, I know them dead already How to shell it and it's rhythm to a cemetery They never seen a true visionary Cause everything I do is legendary 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 Anything I want manifest when I speak it I don't need your ratings or respect You can keep it, I'm a problem Number one threat, they can feel it Best believe it Jamaica's best kept secret Alright, thank you for that No, Sonically, there are many styles He says he wants to explore And mix together So he is looking forward To collaborating And working with other local musicians. Jamaica, of course, we know is full of talented artists and producers. So he is hoping to be able to play a part in helping to shine a light on all the talent who are not getting the attention that they deserve. Wish you nothing but success, of course. Uh, Noah, awesome job. Keep it up. Keep it up. How do you all feel about the music that you just heard. The, I call it a fusion. It's definitely a fusion. How do you all feel about it? If you can speak. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> working right now. Uh, I like it. It's refreshing. It's different. It doesn't, it's not like this, the same rhythms you hear all over and over again. So I'm glad the, the um, I was talking to someone, we were talking about Afrobeats and, and how big it's gotten and, um, just where we are now and i was like it's it would be nice to hear something that's different and refreshing and so thank you for sharing you're welcome Elle. thank you so much appreciate the feedback geely says i like it all right i i love i like the vibe i listen to all genres of music so i like the mix that he has done you know yeah it puts you in a frame of mind i should say that transcends go right ahead go right ahead who's my james go ahead 
Yeah, I, I think he's going to be like a new version of like Jimmy Buffett, like in, in a different category that you can't really... One of those categories by, by himself, mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, Jimmy Buffett type of music, like it, it's islandy, mm-hmm. like island type of vibes, but the type of music that you're probably having brunch to instead of like, you know, broken out and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. So give me that type of vibes. Yeah. A Margaritaville type of vibe. Margaritaville type of <laughs> reggae music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's different. And I, I embrace that because while I appreciate and enjoy all the different forms of music that comes out of Jamaica, seeing someone take it and spin it and, um, be able to include other rhythms and vibrations in it means a lot to me, at least, you know, because there, there are some of us who like different and that's, uh, I'm one of those. Give me a hippie vibe. Like I just put on a skirt with a torn up t-shirt, no shoes, no flip flops and just walk around. That's how I feel. Yeah, I found his Instagram. I just posted it yeah. in the chat. Okay. Thank you. El. Let me, um, because if I tried to put it up while doing the music, it would start playing some other stuff. So I was like, ah, let me, I don't want to do that. Yeah. But check him out. He is on IG. Um, Noah Issa N O A H I S S A. He is also on TikTok. Definitely check it out. I like this one too, with, um, him and Shaggy. I, I like it. Uh, don't be surprised if he keeps going and if he keeps working on his stuff. I know he does stuff for other people. But if he continues to work on his um, catalog, don't be surprised if you see him appear on the Grammys. Don't be surprised. And I think, he's, I think he has the ability and the capability to do so, my opinion. All right. Um, he's been doing this for 18 years. Right. Um, yeah. And for those who are wondering, he is, um, I think Paul is his father. Paul Issa is his father. Who remembers the show um, Royal Palm Estate that used to come on back in Jamaica on a Sunday? It was like our soap opera. Anybody remember that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, I, boy, I had to watch that thing. It, kept, it held me. But yeah, um, I think his dad was in that, if I'm not mistaken. I think his dad appeared in that. But yeah. So. I watched one episode of that one time and we couldn't sleep. The dopey scene. Yeah, yeah man, couldn't sleep, man. It's the dopey scene. I'm say, yo, Jano Star. Yeah, but after a while, I'm going to like it still. <laughs> yeah, so congratulations to you, Noah Issa. Continue doing great things. Okay, and we're just going to take an. Oh, 11.15, quarter past the top of the hour. We're going to get back to regular scheduled programming. Here is Damon Marley with Affairs of the Heart. Would you believe me if I told you? Will you believe me when I say Affairs of the heart Together we've grown If ever apart All I want you to know Is your love is life changing And I couldn't be the same without you darling Your love is life saving you always catch me when I fall When the tour bus drop off And all I lock off And I'm a mere mortal again From belly full And all the fans gone home 
I'm glad that you're more than a friend Oh, when your love is life-changing And I couldn't be the same without you, darling Your love is life-saving You always catch me when I'm falling There's people just like you and me We'll pass them in the traffic That never fall in love And some me have it set me lucky Enough of them not fortunate enough to have somebody Some just cannot see beyond the flesh And it's so funny Never get too caught up in yourself to feel the magic True love come and pass you by in life It is so tragic Opportunity is case So take it while you have it No wait till you are panic Well the last man you're there would make a big mistake Left and gone for good and miss out something where great Loyal and full of faith when enough of them a move fake Our things separate we can't separate Cause I would miss you baby And I can't do without you darling Yes and I would miss you baby Girl you know I love you bad Affairs of the heart Together we've grown Big thank you to everyone listening on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. For quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. For that 24-hour non-stop party vibe, log on to johnoradio.com. Better yet, go ahead and download that Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. Big thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. Thank you so much for your support. Always appreciate it. Keep it locked. We have more stores coming up. We have news out of Latin America and stores from the international scene.
Thank you once again to everyone listening online, qmzradio.com, johnnoradio.com, and everyone right here with me on Clubhouse. Thank you for tuning in to Coffee and Toe, World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. All right, time for us to get back to business. First story is out of Latin America. I was a prisoner of Mexico's U.S.-backed migrant detention regime. This one courtesy of AlJazeera.com. On July 11, 2021, I, Belen Fernandez, arrived by car at Tapachula International Airport in the Mexican state of Chiapas. A grandiose title for the diminutive compound and runway plunked down amidst tropical vegetation just west of Mexico's border with Guatemala. <laughs> uh, hold on one second for me. I don't know why this is uh, flashing. That ever happened to you? It just starts flashing all over your screen. All right, here we go. We're, we're good now. So, a grandiose title for the diminutive compound and runway plunked down amidst tropical vegetation just west of Mexico's border with Guatemala for what was meant to be my return flight to the neighboring state of Oaxaca. I remembered the pronunciation because Sadet told me <laughs> where I had taken up accidental residence at the start of the pandemic the previous year. I had come to Tapachula for four days with a vague plan to write something about migrants, of which there were plenty. During my initial excursion to the city center, the woman who served me um, juice at a market stall reported that out of every 10 people nowadays, five were Haitian, three were Cuban or something else. And I know this story sounds familiar, but it's not quite the same. There's a little difference. All right. Um, there were two Chiapanecos, natives of Chiapas, gesturing to the ground um, below, below the stall. She remarked, sometimes at night, it seems like a hotel around here with people sleeping all over. After attending to the liquado orders of the pair of Cuban men seated next to me in Brazil soccer tank tops and flip-flops, the woman proceeded to entertain me with stories of coronavirus dishwashing protocols and their effects on her now bleach-burned hands. Plagued by an almost neurotic aversion of behaving like a journalist, I had spent the morning wandering around awkwardly, inventing pretexts to talk to people like the young Haitian man on a bench who 
could not tell me how to get to the market, but who patiently put up with me as I swung the conversation in other directions. He had arrived at Tapachula a month earlier from Brazil, a distance of several thousand kilometers, much of which he had traveled on foot. Obviously, he said he would have preferred to be home in Haiti. Doesn't everyone want to be in their home? He gazed at a point over my shoulder and shrugged with a resigned smile. A shrug that better encapsulated the arbitrary cruelty of a world defined by borders than anything I could ever write. After my interlocutors was a Nicaraguan with Juan 3.16, which is John 3, verse 16, tattooed on the side of his neck, a reference Google later informed me, to the Bible verse according to which God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This young man had worked in Radio Nicaragua and putting on a deep voice, performed a rapid-fire dedication to Belen in Tapachula as he accompanied me in search of the couple department store that I urgently needed to find. Our stroll was briefly interrupted when Juan 316 had to chase down the Mexican youth had who had relieved a distraught schoolgirl of her mobile phone. Upon his return, he recounted to me the highlights of hitchhiking through Honduras and Guatemala to Mexico, where he was promptly apprehended on a minibus by Mexican immigration officers. He would have liked to have made it somewhere cold, like Michigan, he said, but instead he ended up imprisoned for 23 days in Tapachulos, notoriously overcrowded and abuse-ridden Estación Migratoria, the migration station, which had thanks to the either witting or unwitting irony of a previous Mexican government been christened Siglo XXI, meaning 21st century. Inside, he had apparently contracted COVID, or at least that is what he had deduced from his inability to breathe for various days. But... Reckoned that the psychological torment had been just as bad or worse. He had since applied for asylum in Mexico and was now sleeping indefinitely on the streets of Tapachula, waiting his next appointment with Comar, the Mexican Commission for Refugee Assistance, while also endeavoring to recuperate his confiscated video camera from the dark void into which it had disappeared by immigration personnel. I had heard, of course, that Siglo XXI, a facility listed on the website of the Geneva-based Global Detention Project, as having these, quote-unquote, inadequate conditions. Temperature, access to clean drinking water, showers and toilets, access to internet, access to telephones, bedding and clothing, cell space, food provision, hygiene, medical care, overcrowding, solitary confinement and protection from physical injury. In the outcomes section of the listing, the boxes corresponding to reports of death and reports of suicide attempts are both marked. Yes. As the Associated Press reported back in 2019, Siglo XXI, said to be Latin America's largest immigration detention center, is a secretive place off limits to public scrutiny where cell phones are confiscated and journalists are not allowed inside. The Associated Press had itself been denied access, but had heard testimony according to which women slept in hallways or in the dining hall among rats, cockroaches, and pigeon droppings as children wailed 
Mothers reused diapers and guards treated everyone with contempt. When I brought up Siglo Veintuno to the friends I was staying with in Tabachula, we'll call them Diego and Polo, both employees of an immigration rights organization. Polo offered to drive me past the facility located on the northern outskirts of the city towards the Takana volcano, assuming that this would be the closest I'd ever get to the 21st century barbarity. I peered through the car window at the looming complex, an appropriately symbolic landmark in a city Polo had dubbed Atrapachula, based on its service and his own unminced words as an, un- as an imperial F-word holding pen, a trap for United States-bound migrants, with the U.S., bullying Mexico into performing its dirty work against people often fleeing U.S.-fueled catastrophe in the first place. I jotted down some notes about Siglo Bentuno as a migrant prison within the migrant prison of Tapachula and figured I had enough material for at least an article or two cataloging the latest migrant-related transgressions of my heinous homeland to the north. On the morning of my scheduled turn to Oaxaca, I paid a guilty visit to that imperial outpost known as Walmart, where I acquired bread and a giant slab of industrial manchego cheese for my trip, as well as two bottles of wine, which I assumed Diego and Polo would assist in consuming prior to my departure. When they proved less than helpful on my front, occupied as they were with preventing the cat from devouring an injured bird in the backyard, most of the work fell on me, meaning I was in a spectacular shape by the time they dropped me off at the airport at first. Thought nothing of it when a male, a female sorry, immigration officer requested my forma migratoria multiple or Mexican entry permit, something that had never before happened on a domestic flight. I busied myself, scrolling through Facebook on my phone, while other passengers streamed past me to the security check and the immigration officer, we'll call her Migra, alternately inspected my passport, my immigration form, and her computer. Through my wine-altered state, I eventually perceived that an extraordinary amount of time had elapsed and made eye contact with her who, with raised eyebrows, advised that neither my forma nor the June 2021 entry stamp in my passport were in the system. She said, in fact, my last appearance in the system was March 2020, which was indeed the last time I actually entered Mexico, rather than lazily relying on some dude in Mexico City to provide me with a falsified immigration form and entry stamp after my initial visa had expired. In an effort to save my ass, I mustered my best self-righteous gringa demeanor, rolled my eyes in exaggerated fashion, and requested that the system sort itself out as quickly as possible as I had places to be. I then retired a few meters and frantically phoned the Mexico City dude, who did not answer, and Diego, who did, and who said something to the effect of, oh, the S-word. Next thing I knew, I was ordered off my phone escorted to a small room and a desk with a Xerox machine. From that point, my recollection of events was blur. At some point, it occurred to me that I might be deported to the U.S. with this precise moment recording 
recorded in my notebook as the F word. They're going to deport me. Can you imagine? <laughs> in addition to not having lived in the U.S. since graduating college in 2003, I had not set foot in the country in six years, not even transiting through its airports as I found it to be irreparably creepy and hazardous to my mental health. But here is the thing. The U.S. itself is mentally ill. And there is perhaps no better indication of this than that it is the only place in the world where students are regularly massacred at school. A phenomenon that has nothing to do with more than just the ludicrous ease with which armaments can be procured. When I was growing up in Austin, Texas, I thought it was entirely normal for an eight-year-old to be shooting bear cans off fence posts with my parents' friend's pistol. I also became well acquainted with the soulless consumerism that passes for culture in the U.S. and the idea that life is a competition as opposed to a communal collaboration. A brutal dog-eat-dog -dog arrangement that fuels individual alienation and is clearly not helped by the government's penchant for spending trillions of dollars on wars abroad rather than on, say, physical and mental health care for the domestic population. But a sick society is ultimately more profitable for the arms and pharmaceutical industries that underpin U.S. capitalism and business proceeds as usual. <laughs> ah, sounds as though she hangs out here, right? Aren't these the conversations we have all the time? <laughs> but I like this paragraph that she said. Because somehow it ties into what we were talking about earlier. And it ties into what we were talking about as it relates to Haiti. I know it was a bit of a read and you probably have forgotten most of what was said earlier. And that's okay. Oh, no, I was letting you speak. I didn't know it was time to. <laughs> go uh -huh. right ahead, Elle. Go ahead. I, I will say, you know, there's like this, not just. I wouldn't say it's Mexico pushing like the American agenda when it comes to immigration and stuff. It's just that Mexico over the past, what, 10 years or 15 years has been out just outside of Haitians and Cubans have received the brunt of this whole um, Im immigrant hate. You know, I pinned an article, I put an article in the, um, in the chat call a day without a mexican i thought it was a day without immigrants but there is an article about a day without immigrants where it lists out like the impact of it and there's one called a day without a mexican as well because they've been the brunt of all of the hate when it when it comes to oh the mexicans are taking our jobs and 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 i want to say it's not just white americans saying that it's also black americans saying it too because it's just the ruse to keep you from realizing the real issues going on to have you push hate so i can kind of understand why they've been kind of a bit stricter on their policy and whatnot and now there's this new movement where the work from home i'm using air quotes um like uh, there's all these ads talking about remote work work from home work from mexico and people have been coming into mexico not paying into the system, the, the tax system, yes, they do sales, but they're not really adding value mm -hmm. into the country. And it's just a society of take 
instead of putting back in. So it, it's it's actually um, multiple things happening. Even though the stuff in her article is true, there's um, there's other uh, metrics that have pushed this uh, you know uh, pushed this agenda. So we have to be wary of all the all the details that are leading us to this point, which is why we should promote community amongst all everything south of the U.S. We need to start pushing more community oriented stuff and stop worrying about the hard borders that were put in place by the Europeans when they came and invaded our our lands or our ancestors lands. You know, we're only different by culture and spices, not, you know, not border. (laughs) I tell people all the time, you know. I'm, you know, I'm black, but I just use different spices. <laughs> well said, Elle. Thank you. Because you, it's, I'm sure this, I heard something very similar explained on TikTok. It is a way to distract. It is a way to divide. And of course, you know, it's better when you can divide and conquer, right? It's always better. Yeah. Yeah, it's about power and money, not race, which is uh, a European categorization that was designed to belittle all the other groups, like the concept of black, you know, and um, I talk, um, Stanette has heard me talk at, at just at just exhaustion about how, you know, the concept of black has like permeated throughout the world. And we're the only group where when you see us, we're all the same and nothing else matters because we all have the same skin. But if we go ahead and start iteratively, individually creating change, just like uh, in your story, like, um, you know, I'm glad she shared that story, but it's up to the people to support each other. Like, you know, um, if you hear about this type of article and you know there's a place where there's migrant workers or there's immigrants just lying about, why don't you take them food, show them where there's places where shelter, create iterative change on your own. You don't have to wait for the government or some big you know, somebody with a large wallet to, to create change. You know, that's what the world's about. We shouldn't wait for others to do stuff. Exactly. Exactly. We can do what we can in our own small corner. Be what's that song about a candle, um, in the dark. Who did that song? Was it Elton John? I can't remember. Oh, that was a candle in the wind. That was candle a song in the wind. For, no, yeah, the but song there's a for song. Diana. Yeah, but there. Hold on, am I? There is another song about a. It's a nursery rhyme, if I'm not wrong. Hold on, I'm telling my age now. I can't remember everything, but I'm sure there's a song about a can. A, this, this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. There oh, we go. That song. That one. See. My memory's coming back. The church song, isn't it? I think that's a, is that a gospel song. Is it? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Something like that. I can't remember the tune right now. But yeah, this little light of mine, we can let it shine. And if we all put our lights together, imagine what we can accomplish. But you're absolutely right. We can't wait for somebody else. Be proactive. You might think what you're doing is inconsequential. And I think that's a problem with many of us. We don't embark on the visions that we have and the dreams that we have because we're thinking, oh my gosh, it's too small. You know, yeah, dream big, but take those baby steps, bite off those small pieces. You know, as you think about digging a hole to plant something, you have to start with the shovel, 
one at a time, right? And each time you shovel out, the, the hole gets bigger and deeper, and then it allows you to put that tree in. Well, so too, we have to approach life. Exactly. Nothing is about instant gratification. You're not going to, you know, sometimes the fruits of your labor, the seeds you plant will not be reaped by you. It'll be by your children and your children's children and other generations from the work that you put in. That's the whole concept of, 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 of immortality. Like your story lives forever through others. Facts. Hence the saying, Rome wasn't built in a day. All right, go ahead. Uh, Donald, go right ahead. Uh, yeah, um, you have to also understand that our mindset was built on the whole concept of learned helplessness. So it's something that's pervasive and it's something that they drill into us. So we tend to have this feeling that, listen, my little contribution doesn't make a difference in any case, so why make it? But what we don't realize is that a collective little bit of contribution from everybody has massive impact and it can make wide-scale um, wide change. So we just have to continue to push the narrative that let us do what we can do, and let us teach it and encourage each other, and eventually we will get enough momentum. But remember, we have to change that whole narrative. We have to change that whole mindset of learned helplessness, because I think it really hurts us a lot. I exactly. Yep, I agree too. It's even hurt Africa. There's an Africa Tech Newsroom, which I hope you guys join too. I invited some of them in here as well, where humanitarian aid has actually hindered um, growth because it does not help. It actually, the aid stands actually in the, the hands of a few because most of the money goes to overhead and very <laughs> little goes to the people. Uh, they've had several people go into the rooms and I think Rivers and Sunette has heard some of the people come in talking about air quotes, saving Africa. And, you know, one a person's solution was, you know, there's all this millions in aid and all they did was build a water hole in, in this village <laughs> where they still will have dirty water. That's how they see us, you know, and, and this is just America, how Americans see the rest of the world. It's that exceptionalism that's an issue. Well, Elle, I must say that you are echoing the very sentiments that we have spoken about several times in this very space. Um, the illusion, right? Go ahead, Donald, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I refer to them as charity porn. That's exactly. what it is. They, they put this the same picture for 200 years on TV, collecting donations to help the poor. They have not shown you anything they do for it, but they keep collecting these donations. Yeah. And just to hit on the aid, if we have to, we could just look back at Haiti, where the rice and stuff that was flown into Haiti during the Bill Clinton time literally decimate the local rice. Um, cultivation and farmers and stuff like that and really reconstructed the Haitian economy from that perspective because they was producing a lot of local rice and other 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 products so sometimes the aid to me in a lot of cases aid is counterproductive if you're bringing in assistance in a in a, in a when there is dire situation to address a particular situation fine other than that help people to find their own solution this aid thing it's not working, it has not worked, and it continues to be counterproductive. It keeps you dependent on them. That's what it is. The aid is a band-aid. It's a crutch, and they don't want you to let go of it. But haven't we said this here before? Teach a man to fish, 
you feed him for a lifetime. You give a man a fish, and if you keep just giving him and giving him and giving him, you're, you're not really helping anything. You're really not. We've, we, we have said this countless times. And I know I have said, I'm very hesitant with giving donations. You know when you had the cash register, they're like, oh, would you like to donate? No, because I know how it's going to go. I'm not helping you get your tax write-off. Sorry, if I'm going to donate, I'll donate it myself directly to the cause myself. Not through any major corporation. Nobody going to smile sweet at me. Would you like to round up? No. No. And then these um, charity organizations, I understand that there are overhead expenses. I understand that totally. But I strongly believe that these organizations, quote-unquote, that have been around for decades, and as you so pointed out, you know, the same ads, but they have been around for decades. Wouldn't you think, think these organizations by now would negotiate with government so that they can not have to pay um what you call it duty to clear these things they say they have to pay to clear the um containers with the um charity whatever donations the food and clothing all of that shouldn't they be negotiating for that because it is the benefit of their people shouldn't they also be at the table with the shippers and say hey carve out here for charity please do not charge us or charge us the bare minimum because it's for the good the great there's good. ways of, right there's ways around that my friend uh, nylan she's from vietnam and she every year starting last year her and i both we've been you know championing her charity where she collects money and she takes the money um to vietnam and she buys all this stuff within vietnam so she's putting back into the economy not in the uh you know into the US companies but back into the economy of Vietnam at the same time and she buys food uh you know equipment that the orphanage orphanages need she supports two orf uh, orphanages off of i think this year we raised like ten thousand dollars last year we raised fifteen thousand dollars and she's able to support two orphanages and actually the construction of another orf orphanage so the kids uh, so the kids aren't homeless but you could just take the money and put it within the country, directly into the country, and not have to go through a third party. Which seems like the way to go. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you mentioned that. So folks listening online, right here in Clubhouse, if you are thinking of how you can give and you're like me, that you don't want to give to these huge organizations where only 10 cents gets to the cause and 90% is administrative costs, that's a good idea. Round up the funds and take it into the country and do what you can because it will go even further go right ahead someone else had opened up their mic i think we cannot underscore that point that she just made because what you find in a lot of the cases with aid and so on the money is spent in the donor country and then you're sent products that is not properly distributed etc but even if you go back further if you have an organization that is operating in a space for a number of years Shouldn't there be progressive growth? Hmm. If we are promoting sustainable development, if we are pro promoting self-awareness, if we are promoting communities to find solutions for themselves, if I cannot have any results in 10 years but show you more starving children on a poster with flies on their lips, what am I doing? <laughs> I don't even have to look to see where the money is going. I know it's not going to the people. Hmm. So you, you're, you're not doing anything, period. It's not like you have slow progress. 
because if I'm in a space for five years, I could should be able to see, okay, I liberated X amount of communities and these people are now fending for themselves and now I could go on to do other communities and other countries and so on. But they're in the same countries, the same time for them, year after year after year. And it's the same flies you've seen on the same children's <laughs> lips. Lord have mercy. Something is wrong. And we have to start thinking. Pay attention. If we didn't learn anything out of the pandemic, we shouldn't have learned that now that we have to raise our level of awareness. All right. All right. Thank you, L. Thank you, Donald. Nigerian Senate candidate killed ahead of presidential elections. We're now on to international news. Story courtesy of Al Jazeera. A senatorial candidate from Nigeria's opposition Labour Party has been killed by unknown gunmen in southeastern Enugu state ahead of the country's national election. This is according to police and a party official. Oyibo Chukwu was killed on Wednesday night after being ambushed as he was traveling back from a campaign event. That's according to Chinwuba Ngu, the Labour Party chairman for the Enugu South local government. They say it is a devastating development for them. Police confirmed the killing, which came hours after the parties and presidential candidates signed a pledge of support, a peaceful electoral process. Remember we spoke about this and I asked the question, in signing this pledge for the peaceful electoral process, was it really beneficial is it going to be beneficial didn't i ask that question well right afterwards he's killed these peace packs huh a spokesperson for the independent national electoral commission inec in enugu said it had the power under electoral law to suspend a poll in the event of a candidate's death and set a new date within 14 days. However, he said processes had to be followed and no decision had been made yet in the case. United Nations tells Russia to leave Ukraine. How did countries vote, though? A country breakdown of the UN General Assembly vote that demanded Moscow withdraw its troops and end the fighting. Story courtesy of Al Jazeera. Well... The United, General, United Nations General Assembly has again condemned Russia over its invasion of Ukraine, calling for Moscow's immediate withdrawal and an end to the fighting. A year since President Vladimir Putin ordered the invasion, which he called a special mil military operation, 141 countries backed the resolution, calling for a comprehensive, just and lasting peace in Ukraine. 32 countries abstained from voting, while seven countries, including Russia, voted against it. So, the countries that voted against it, let me see if I can figure this out. You have Belarus, uh, Eritrea, Mali, Russia, Nicaragua, Syria. Okay, those are the countries that voted against it. Um, 141 not going to go through the list of countries of all of them but quite a few countries in the caribbean within latin america um some in europe some in egypt voted for it to stop majority of the caribbean islands i would say um against it okay so against that was right belarus democratic people's republic of korea which is north korea eritrea mali nicaragua russia syria the ones that abstained were Algeria, Angola, Armenia, Bangladesh, Bolivia, Burundi, 
uh, El Salvador, Cuba, CAR, which is Central African Republic, China, Guinea. When a country decides to abstain from voting, what does that ultimately mean? I know looking at it, it means that they, they're not taking sides. Could it be because they want to maintain diplomatic relations with both sides? Yes. Yes, that's definitely. Exactly what that means. They, they'll go any which way the wind blows. They're waiting. They're, they're the fence riders. So they want to keep that diplomatic Im immunity for not just their people, but for their business and trade. But we you know when the dust settles, they'll just, you know, go with whatever the agenda is. And sometimes also, too, they don't have a opinion because I know some people feel as though that this isn't um, a war for the world. This is between two different groups. Mm -hmm. And Ukraine was part of Russia at one point. So it's kind of weird. That's why a lot of people are like, no opinion. This has nothing to do with us. Mm. Okay. Makes sense. Thank you for the civics lesson, folks. See, we learn a lot here every day. <laughs> yeah, moments. What? What did you say, Eritrea? What was their vote? Their vote was um, they're supporting Russia going into uh, Ukraine. So they are against, totally against Russia leaving Ukraine. <laughs> Not surprised at Eritrea, considering their history. Yeah, but you know, you, you realize that every time we talk about, like I always mention Eritrea because, you know, um, Eritrea, they, they have been in war like maybe like close to 100 years. <laughs> and it's like nobody really care about what's going on in that side. So I'm not surprised with that vote. <laughs> so if you if you Google moments, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. What am uh, I Russia is, Tell me, tell me, tell me. What yeah, am I Russia Google? is doing a lot of building in Eritrea. So... Definitely, I'll see why um, they they will side with Russia right now because Russia is building like ports and 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 all these things in in Eritrea. So ah. oh. that's that's why they vote for. And then Belarus is just is pretty much Russia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Control yeah. Belarus. So we already know that. Yeah. So Eritrea, they form part. Hold on. Horn of Africa. They're one of the countries in the Horn of Africa. They're Ethiopia. They? Well, I, I won't say they're Ethiopians, but it was part of Ethiopia. Yeah, don't say that. But yeah, it was part. Of <laughs> yeah, don't say that. Right. <laughs> we know what's going to happen. Okay. All right. They share borders with Ethiopia, Sudan, and how do you pronounce this one? Djibouti. D J I B O. Djibouti. Djibouti. Yes, correct. Okay, I got it right. Okay, thank you. Got it right. So the Italians yeah. were in Eritrea at one point. Okay. They have a lot of Italian colonial buildings, they say. Okay. Yeah, it, it makes sense for Eritrea, though, because, like, you know, like, I guess Russia would be, because I didn't know that Russia was helping them, because I know that they're fighting over that, that um, you know, space, like the port. Um, so I guess it makes sense, because Russia will, will probably would be the only country that's going to come to their aid, like... Because, you know, they, they have been, you know, in, as I said, in war for, for, for a long time. And, you know, America, Europe, most of Europe, they're not really, they don't really care about what goes on between them and Ethiopia. So I guess it makes sense for them to support Russia if Russia is like, you know, supporting them. So that, that's what it comes down to. And remember, we spoke about um, some of the African countries. Uh, which other African country was it that... Um, America was trying to get involved, and Amer 
No, like with 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 China and with the whole Russia thing, and you know, was it Africans, South? Africans South are saying, Africa. you know, like, you know, a lot of the African countries are saying, you know what, we're going to put our our interests first right now. So, like China and Russia, we're not going to isolate them just because America wants. So it, it makes sense for them. Mm. Okay. Um. So. Well, there are other issues happening with the, with China and stuff with the, the 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 problem with Russia and China and outside influences within Africa is because Africans are not they're they're not owning their critical infrastructure the CIKRs the airports the 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 ports the, port, the everything and if they have like loans because there's loans within this um, where they're supposedly building so the money essentially so. You know, Africa takes out this mo- this loan or aid, and uh, Russia is assisting because they got the loan from there. But the thing is, Russians are the ones that are doing the work, not Africans. They're not teaching them how to do the stuff themselves or anything like that. And then Africa, and then Russia actually ends up owning the port. So if they're paying back the money on this loan and they actually fault on the loan or default on the loan, they uh, they consume that uh, infrastructure and it's no longer belongs to Africa. That is the problem with having outside entities um, within, um, you know, within the continent owning critical if- infrastructure. The same mm-hmm. issue happened with China when I forgot the country that reneged on their, um, they defaulted on their loan. So they took the ports. So that's why, you know, certain things we have to do within our own borders, within our own uh, countries for ourselves and not invite others to do it. Right. Growing pains, growing pains. That's the problem. And I think because you know, we're, people are always looking at the cost factor. And I think that is why they will so readily accept the offer from externals let me let me put it that way yeah but eritrea if everyone is wondering there they are right across from yemen across the red sea uh the red sea separates them from yemen and saudi arabia um they have sudan they are surrounded by sudan ethiopia and somalia along with djibouti all right thank you thank you thank you so megan markle and prince harry are on Bothered by South Park series portrayal of them. Story courtesy of Ball Alert. Wednesday's episode of the Comedy Central series featured a royal couple, with the husband being a Prince of Canada, quote-unquote, who relocated to Colorado with his princess wife. The characters are modeled after Prince Harry and Markle, with the animated male character rocking ginger hair, while the female character sporting a black mane and a classic white hat. Markle has famously been photographed wearing a similar headpiece on several occasions. The episode, titled Worldwide Privacy Tour, focused on a satirical plea for privacy after leaving security of their royal court. Rumors quickly began to fly that the couple was pursuing legal action for their portrayal in the long-running animated show. However, a spokesperson for the couple shot down the chatter, calling it nonsense, totally baseless. The real-life royal couple has been very vocal about the lack of privacy since exiting Buckingham Palace. They've also frequently spoken about their strained relationship with the palace, particularly due to Markle having a black mother and the racism they have experienced. 
Since their exit, a media circus has ensued around the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. So South Park creating the episode around that narrative was sarcastic yet fitting. Prince Harry and Markle have not spoken publicly about the episode. Who watches? Um, I've no, you know I've never watched an episode of what's this South Park. Anybody here ever yeah, watched South, that? South Park is worth a watch. It is very brutal in its depiction of stuff, um, but it's kind of the truth. Like uh, there's one called Bigger and Uncut. It's a movie, and it talks. Uh, there's, there's a hint about the racism with black Americans, like they, they have to go to war with Canada because Canada, Canada is untrusting and they put the black soldiers on all of the planes and stuff like, we need your help to help us. And so they were like, we, we need you to protect our planes and all this stuff. And they start attaching black Americans to like all the, uh, you know, to, to all the equipment and stuff to be protected. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's humor, but it's brutal. Uh, you know, it has a hint of truth to it. Mm. So kind of like, okay, so on one hand, you have the Simpsons, they predict the future. And so on this hand, you have Comedy Central then that tells you about what's going on in a satirical fashion. Am I right? Yep. Yeah, like that. That's so, that's uh, so Park is. Okay. As um, with the Empress, it, <laughs> it's, it, it's brutal, very, it's very brutal. Um, probably that's why I must see the way I'm at, and you know, certain things about him is certain way, you know what I mean? We'll right. just tell you as it is, because that, that, that we grew up on, you know what I mean? So that's what, that, that's what South Park is. Okay. Um, so they do it in like a comical way, but yeah, them go hard, them are core with it, them are core with it. You know what I mean? The mod core. Yeah, they're right. they're not politically and, correct. Um, I can't remember the other guy's name, but they're both uh actually i think they're canadian uh my friend david on an audience sorry that's my cat oh okay. yeah yeah this is his his wheelhouse is media news and entertainment <laughs> <laughs> okay welcome to the but space I, david thank you yeah so but much Matt, for coming. it's worth watching it can be it could be hurtful but it's worth watching i sent him the invite okay he had his hand raised and i didn't notice so i just sent him the, the invite all right thank you uh, now you're the leader sir she say it can be hurtful. I know, I heard, I heard, I heard, I yeah, heard. Um, so I will, I will peek into it one day. One day I'll, I'll, I'll peek into it. I'm not much. The truth is, I'm not one to watch TV much. I will binge watch on my Niger film, which is Nigerian films or South African films. I will binge watch those, and I am more about comedy. I, I need to laugh. I love the laughter because life. Oh, it's burdensome, man. <laughs> it can really bring. I mean, it'll make you laugh, but it'll be that laugh with a hint of sadness. Yeah, but because it's true, mm -hmm. uh, they go on. They go on topics about pedophilia. They go on topics about uh, the LGBT and anything that's an extreme form of something. Like they even talk about. They even make fun of the extreme feminism or extreme masculinity. It's just different topics that nobody wants to touch. But it's just done in a more animated, satirical way to kind of make you think if you're, you know, if you're in that mind frame at the time. Okay. All right. Got it. Thank you if, so much. Thank you. If, if you can manage like Patrice O'Neill, then you, you can manage that. <laughs> <laughs> I sent it again, David. I sent it again. To everyone below in the audience, if it's your favorite. 
Yeah, he might, yeah, he yeah. might have to do that. 21, who is just joining us for the first time, thank you so much for coming to Coffee Until World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, as well as anyone just tuning in online on johnoradio.com and qmzradio.com. It's where I read the news and we all share our views. I invite you on Clubhouse, if you have not already done so, please go ahead and click on the greenhouse at the top and join the club. All right. And thank Can you. I, so, yes, David, go right ahead. Welcome to the stage. Go, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I saw the episode. I thought it was pretty good. I think it summed up, you know, a lot of people's feelings about them. Where it's like, oh, we want to be private, but we're running around doing eight million dollar deals, making books, doing documentaries, right? We want to be so private. We want to, we want to, we want to be alone. So I thought it was. I watched the episode. It was funny uh, <laughs> and hilarious in the way in which it, in which it, which it mocked the annoyance the annoyance look i'll tell you this i've never understood why so many black people were so over the moon because a woman whom uh, i didn't even realize was black i mean i, mean, I knew she was black from the show but who as far as i know you know whether she was privately black or whatever was going on all of a sudden she goes into the british royal family and it's like we're supposed to be like jumping over the moon like it's some big win for everybody i'm like mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't really, I don't really, I don't really care. She's not the first black person in the royal family, by the way. There are other people that are married into it, but I'm like, yes, that's the big one. You're breaking up, David. You're in the matrix, but, but, unfortunately. But yeah, the the whole annoyance of the, you know, of the sort of... David, you're in the matrix. You're in the matrix. Hey, David, get off, yeah, get off your Wi-Fi and jump back on. I'll message you. Yeah. So um, we've had our conversations here about the royal family, right? About Megan and, and the whole, what we have referred to, I want to say, um, to sum it up as the um, media stunt. They have to make some money, right? They, they, they're no longer privy. So we are made to believe. Let me, let me just correct that. Let me step back for a second and say that we are no longer privy or they are no longer privy, rather, I'm saying we, they are no longer privy to the checks that come in. Um, so they have to make an income some way. And um, unless, not un, would he even, I'd, well, it would have to be the, the elimination of his brother and his entire, the brother's entire family for him to even have a chance to be able to get into the, um, throne and i don't think he cares much for the throne anyway he's been a rebel always been a rebel but it is what it is i am gonna check out um south oh hear me yeah south park i am gonna check it out i think the kids watch it or used to watch it and you know but as i was saying i'm not a big tv person but I, i'll check it out and see i'll, I'll definitely check see all right so time for stories out of north america U.S. mass killings linked to extremism spiked over the last decade. Story courtesy of WSVN. Uh, the number of U.S. mass killings linked to extremism over the past decade was at least three times higher than the total from any other 10-year period since the 1970s. And this is according to a report from the Anti-Defamation League. The report provided to the Associated Press ahead of its public release on Thursday also found that all extremist killings identified in 2022 were linked to right-wing extremism, with an especially high number linked to white supremacy. 
They include a racist mass shooting at a supermarket in Buffalo, New York, that left 10 black shoppers dead, and a mass shooting that killed five people at the LGBT nightclub in Colorado Springs, Colorado. It is not an exaggeration to say that we live in an age of extremist mass killings. Between two and seven domestic extremism-related mass killings occurred every decade from the 1970s to the 2000s. But in the 2010s, that number skyrocketed to 21, the report found. The trend has since continued with five domestic extremist mass killings in 2021 and 2022, as many as there were during the first decade of the new millennium. The number of victims has risen as well. Between 2010 and 2020, 164 people died in ideological extremist-related mass killings, according to the report. That's much more than in any other decade except the 1990s, when the bombing of a federal building in Oklahoma City killed 168 people. Extremist killings are those carried out by people with ties to extreme movements and ideologies. Several factors combined to drive the numbers up between 2010 and 2020. There were shootings inspired by the rise of the Islamic State group, as well as a handful targeting police officers after civilian shootings and others linked to the increasing promotion of violence by white supremacists, said Mark Pitkovage, who is a senior research fellow sorry, at the ADL's Center on Extremism. The center tracks slings linked to various forms of extremism in the United States and compiles them in an annual report. It tracked 25 extremism-related killings last year, a decrease from the 33 the year before. 93% of the killings in 2022 were committed with firearms. The report also noted that no police officers were killed by extremists last year for the first time since 2011. With the waning of the Islamic State group, the main threat in the near future will likely be white supremacist shooters, the report found. The increase in the number of mass killing attempts, meanwhile, is one of the most alarming trends in recent years. We cannot stand idly by and accept this as the new norm, said Warren Siegel, who is vice president at the Center of Extremism. All well, of that is correct. <laughs> I wrote a paper on that. I actually I have a degree in information security and cyber and focus on homeland. And I wrote my paper on what the issue is because they have everyone thinking like, oh, it's Islam, it's Muslims, it's the brown people causing the issue. But the FBI, NSA will never tell you. And this is for years that the person of interest is between the ages of 14 to 45 who can be inspired to do this stuff. It's the lone wolf terrorists. They're not part of an organization. They just go and do it either out of despair because of whatever uh, issues they're going through, or it's because of the narcissism expecting like you, you know, the, they, they demand that they're supposed, someone has told them that they are supposed to get these certain things and life isn't going their way. So they get uh, inspired by certain um, doctrines that you can find on the internet 
to uh, to do this sort of thing. Uh, I think the U.S. just a few weeks ago stopped two. Um, one was a bombing of the Baltimore, uh, Baltimore City or Baltimore County's energy facility. And then there was another one that was going to happen in Florida. Afo, your mic is open, Afo. Oh, sorry. So there was a few of those situations. And they would also lead you to think that terrorism first started within, you know, the, the Arab nation, but the first terrorist activity actually happened in the first century with the Romans and the Sakari. So the world has a history of terrorism and this ideological thing, and it's because of the power struggles. That's it. So let me go back to the article from Al Jazeera. At some point, it occurred to me that I might be deported to the U.S. With this precise moment, I recorded in my notebook as F, they're going to deport me. Can you imagine? <laughs> in addition to not having lived in the U.S. since graduating college in 2003, I hadn't set foot in the country in six years. But let's fast forward a little bit. I took that step because I found it to be irreparably creepy and hazardous to my mental health. The U.S. is itself mentally ill and there is perhaps no better indication of this than that it is the only place in the world where students are regularly massacred a phenomenon that has to do with more than just the ludicrous ease with which armaments can be procured i rest my case well i rest the case of um <laughs> belen fernandez in her article i was a prisoner of mexico's u.s backed migrant detention regime Awesome, awesome moments. Um, give for understand to every year, every year, um, like the FBI put out, like put out a, a, a some some paperwork or information, uh, info, information, yeah, um, about the whole hate crime and stuff like that in the country and who's mostly affected, and it go all the way back. Well, the person without it, them, them bring it all the way go back to around. 2012, 2012, 2010, around there, so them stop or even further back, like in the early 2000s. And all of the who's mostly affected are, <laughs> are black folks. They get leading all the way up to now. The, the 2023 report don't come out as yet because of all them do it. But every, well, yeah, the tw yeah, so 2023 report don't come out as yet. But at the end of that each year, they put out a report on who is mostly affected. You get me? So, yeah, yeah you can go on, I think you can go on like the FBI website and, and, and get the information and stuff like that. And they choose a year them and them show you a breakdown, a percentage of who, and the type of crime and, that, and, the, and the, the, the race of people who is always affected. And right. African-Americans are over a black folks. They are the ones who are always always are the highest always 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 from last year or 2021 or 2022 goes all the way back to like the early 2000 so that even even go further say, the stats so, haven't you know, changed over the years the, the then, stats right? yeah okay. the stats haven't changed you must say you get it. why is it that whenever we are asked for something for protect it can't be done but somebody just come and say hey um are you bring the virus and oh yeah so we're gonna write in a plan for come protect you know so that you know discrimination uh, so and i was about yeah so again i don't know still when you come on to them something already but they just have me couldn't know still right. like every year they put out a report all right 
Right. Thank you so much. Remember what I said earlier. For those of you who were not here earlier this morning when the show started, uh, I had my little rant this morning. Um, but you can definitely, I invite you to go back and listen to the replay for those of you on Clubhouse, for those of you on listening online. Um, you'll be able to check the replay later on on janorita.com. But I said this morning, it's marketing. <laughs> it's all marketing. It's a part of the marketing plan, right? Our next story, 115,580 gallons of toxic vinyl chloride were at risk of exploding in the Ohio train disaster, investigators say, story courtesy of CNN. Federal investigators released a spate of new details on Thursday about the toxic train wreck that spewed toxic chemicals and wreaked havoc in East Palestine, Ohio. The 38 Norfolk Southern train cars that derailed February 3 included 11 tank cars carrying hazardous materials that subsequently ignited fueling fires, and those fires damaged a dozen cars that did not derail. That's according to the National Transportation Safety Board in a preliminary report. Five of those derailed train cars were carrying 115,580 gallons of the vinyl chloride, according to the report. Vinyl chloride, folks, can cause, in, cause an increase or can increase the risk of cancer and is highly flammable. Those five cars continued to concern authorities because the temperature inside one tank car was still rising, indicating a, polymeri a polymer polymerization. Oh my gosh, these big words today. Indicating a polymerization reaction that could result in an explosion. To help prevent a deadly explosion of vinyl chloride, crews released the toxic chemical into a trench and burned it off for three days after the derailment. The new revelations came after residents who have reported health problems since the toxic train wreck lambasted Norfolk Southern CEO and calls for Northern, uh, Norfolk Southern to buy the homes of residents who don't feel safe. But let me ask a question. As I didn't even think about this until now when we read the article, I think it was yesterday or the day before, but sometime this week, whatever. Um, why didn't they suction it out? If they were able to, what did they say? Get it into a ditch? That's it? That's what I just said? Whatever. Why didn't they suction trench. it out? Bring a trench, right, ditch. Okay. Why didn't they bring in um trucks or something to extract it? Why burn it off instead? I, I'm guessing to uh, burn it up was uh, faster because if you have to extract it, you still need to find a place to store it. And if there's no place to store it, it's just going to sit there and you're still going to have the same problem eventually. Not saying that it's a good, you know, not validating what they did, um, but that's probably why. Hmm. Okay. Now, well, that was dumb because you watch a video, the, the huge, thick black smoke I go over the residence them house and all them something there. People are in here. The governor for Ohio even come out and say, "Yo, um, persons who who inhale this, it will cause death." So they might ask everybody for vacate. And then all of a sudden, shortly after, or wait, when I was exactly old shortly the time frame, I remember. But shortly after, um, they them come back out. Um, law enforcement has said, oh no, it's safe, everything good, uh, persons can go back. And the residents them say, "Yo, we now lie to it. Don't take it for an idiot." Because if you say all of these chemicals um, in the air and in the, get in the water and 
it 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 uh, kill it, it kill off the fish them it applies in the water all them something they out and it go as far as to virginia you know what i mean <laughs> like how the hell all of a sudden it, all is well them even have a video where somebody chew um chew some water um chew most of a stone you know and look a trench like or whatever it is uh, or some pan or whatever and then you see all you know like when i uh some kind of like oil cursing or whatever it is go in the water and then it have this rainbowish color look on top of the surface mm -hmm. yeah so them throw the stone in the water and when them throw the stone in the water you see all the chemicals come up and all this rainbow thing on the water top you get me so yeah. they must say see they're lying to us they know it's not safe but yes they let my girl and i tell people how it's safe and then for move come back adam house and everything is is well and you know what i mean so they can go back about them life so them still them are actually sue um sue whatever authorities you know what I mean, our government or whatever it is, um, who are responsible for, for, for right there, so, because they are lying to the people. All right. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. Our next story, Eric R. Holder um, has been, that's it, that, yeah, Eric R. R. Holder Jr. <laughs> he is the alleged killer of rapper Nipsey Hussle, and he has been sentenced to 60 years to life in prison story courtesy of npr.org the killer of a celebrated los angeles rapper was sentenced on wednesday after a legal drama that dragged on for three years eric r holder jr 33 will likely remain in jail for the rest of his life for the murder of nipsey hustle hustle born Hermes joseph i can't pronounce his last name was a grammy nominated rapper entrepreneur and philanthropist who was fatally shot in 2019 outside the marathon clothing store he owned in south la at the time he was 33 years old holder was sentenced to 50 years to life for his role in the killing as well as 10 years for shooting two other people that day superior court judge h clay jack ii handed down the sentence to holder in los angeles i am very mindful of what was presented as to mr holder's mental health what mental health what mental health issue did holder have prior to, you know what um i'm also mindful of the devastation caused to the victims and their families i believe this sentence balances the two jack sentenced holder to 25 years to life for the murder an additional 25 years for a firearm sentencing enhancement and 10 years for assault with a firearm the ap reports last july a los angeles county jury also found holder guilty of two counts of attempted voluntary manslaughter as two other men were injured in the gunfire at the crime scene growing up hustle had been involved in the same gang as holder and prosecutors said holder shot the rapper multiple times because hustle called holder a snitch hustle had become a leading advocate against gun violence and a community leader who was involved in developing his neighborhood and creating opportunities for children prior to his murder hustle was scheduled to meet with la police commissioner steve Soboroff and la police chief michelle more about ways to stop gang violence across the city last august hustle was honored posthumously or homelessly what's the right pronunciation somebody get me with a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame on what would have been his 37th birthday. You do the crime, do yep. the time. Go right. ahead. Uh, posthumously. You had Posthumous. it right. I had it right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Our next story. DOJ seeks court sanctions against Google over intentional destruction of chat logs. And so now you know it's time for us to get into business and tech news.
says his mental health issue was bad mine <laughs> all right folks time for business and tech news google should face court sanctions over intentional and repeated destruction of company chat logs that the u.s government expected to use in its antitrust case targeting google's search business that's according to the Justice Department on Thursday. Despite Google's promises to preserve internal communications relevant to the suit for years, the company maintained a policy of deleting certain employee chats automatically after 24 hours. DOJ said in a filing in District of Columbia Federal Court, the practice has harmed the U.S. government's case against the tech giant doj alleged google's daily destruction of written records prejudiced the united states by depriving it of a rich source of candid discussions between google's executives including likely trial witnesses the filing said we strongly refute the doj's claims google rebutted in a statement our teams have conscientiously worked for years to respond to inquiries and litigation in fact we have produced over 4 million documents in this case alone and millions more to regulators around the world. Who the hell going to go through 4 million documents? Who are we paying to go through 4 million documents that have been provided um, to the DOJ by Google? Um, but I thought, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not that tech savvy, right? Uh, I thought that even though you delete something, it doesn't really go away. It can still be um, retrieved. Am I right or am I yeah. wrong? You are, but if it's on, if it's housed on Google and Google's serve, uh, server and they, they have access, they can actually go in and do like a sweep. There's like actually three types of deletion that uh, that happens, but it's since it's Google and it's Google's data, they can do with it what they want to do. There are no regulations against them deleting this type of communication, especially if it's a practice that they've already been doing and it's something that has been happening before any proceedings, then you they kind of cannot go after them unless they create some type of federal regulation regarding the communications, uh, uh, the deletion of or retention of communications, even if it's a chat log that is on a private company server. Mm, okay all right thank mm -hmm. you makes sense got it i learned something else today the tech world all right next up netflix lowers prices in 100 plus territories as scrutiny grows over password sharing rules story courtesy of techcrunch.com thank you dre for sending this one over netflix decreased its subscription costs in more than 100 territories over the territories over the past week or so as customers continue to contemplate which streaming services to keep a bid price hikes the price drop has occurred in egypt yemen jordan libya iran kenya croatia slovenia bulgaria nicaragua ecuador venezuela malaysia indonesia vietnam 
Thailand and the Philippines, among others. The amount that Netflix is lowering its prices varies from country to country, but discounts for the basic tier range between 20% to 60%, and that's according to Ampere Analysis. The research and analytics firm estimated that the price drop affects more than 4% of Netflix's subscriber base, which is over 10 million people. Netflix's Twitter account in Malaysia announced the good news to local customers, tweeting starting today. Our basic plan in Malaysia is now RM28 per month for both new and existing members. Question for you, uh, Dre. If is Dre here? Yeah, if you can talk. Question. With this whole change that Netflix is now doing as it relates to um, password sharing and where you can access your IP, your IP is linked to your access, right? Let us say I were to take a trip to Trinidad. Would I be able to still log into my Netflix account and there will be no issue? Because I'm now uh, um... using somebody else's IP right because i'm logging on via somebody else's internet access i'm getting internet whatever you know what i mean i i don't know with the new rules but i know now i i i don't really have a problem with my netflix when i go out of the country okay um i it the only thing is that certain so like when i'm in jamaica and i use my netflix it works um but the only service i really have problems with when i move around is hulu Hmm. yeah uh because i have like what hulu live or whatever they call it and like when i go to jamaica or elsewhere i can't watch hulu live i have to um don't downgrade my service to just the regular hulu hulu hmm. plus they call it yeah so i yeah because they're saying live tv is only for like americans or what whatever because i'm getting the american channel so i I, I couldn't watch it in Jamaica, but I really don't have problem with Netflix, to be honest with you. Okay. I don't know the change in prices or whatever, how that would affect that. You know, oh. also, you know, also when it comes to Netflix, um, their fourth quarter earnings reports uh, for the end of last year showed that they uh, bumped up to a hundred and no, 230 million subscribers when they had projected they were only going to maybe get to 122 you know, uh, you know, million by the uh, or 222 million by the end of the year. So they outbeat expectations because, you know, they've been slowly rolling out in certain territories, uh, the ad tier, right? Right. You know, cause that's it. That's one of the new tiers they're adding. They haven't really, they, it's not here in America yet, but they're going to, uh, they're testing it in other markets. So they've actually done really exceedingly much better than they expected, uh, uh, in terms of their earnings and in terms of their ability to, to increase their subscriber account. So I know with the password sharing thing, I think, you know, in one aspect, this is a way to try to retain, uh, uh, you know, some of the some of the subscribers you might be thinking about leaving because of that. And also to encourage those people, you know, obviously who are sharing passwords, you know, other people who are using it to say there's a, a tier that's affordable for you if, if the price is a problem in order to get all the content. So uh, right now they're doing pretty good. I don't know what this first quarter will be. We'll find out, you know somewhere with this January, February, March, we'll find out somewhere time in April or May, uh, you know, what the first quarter was. But right now, Netflix is doing doing extremely well. Okay. Yeah, I was going uh, to thing... David. They... Oh, go ahead. Yes, the only thing that will alter the moments, like when you, you, you go outside the U.S., um, uh -huh. 
what you see would be altered. So like they like uh, like the the movies or everything would be geared towards where the, your location. So when you're in Jamaica, it shows you the top movies in Jamaica, and then like I know like um, when I was in Canada, I couldn't see certain things. Mm. Yeah, so that oh, yeah, yeah, so your yeah, movie selection and stuff would be altered. Okay. Yeah, it's about licensings per country, so you can't see everything. But if you use a VPN, yes. you'll be able to use see that content. Hmm. And uh, to add to what David was talking about, so there, there's about the subscription thing. They, uh, when Netflix first rolled out, they used to have a family subscription where there would be a group of people that's on the same account. And since they got rid of their family tier, um, that's where a, a, another reason why there's a lot of password sharing. But also, too, the reason why they don't want you to share passwords is not just because of the, the individual subscription, but also, too, it messes with the metrics as far as the numbers and viewership to see how many people are actually watching certain shows. So if everyone's using the same account, they cannot... Uh, the, the the numbers for viewership will be skewed, so they can't they don't have reasons to keep certain shows or promote certain shows because the numbers are lower than what they should be um, to to even decide to uh, prioritize that show. And then also too, they've been rolling out to other um, they've been rolling out other content, especially how Korean content has become very popular. So that was another market they opened up to. They actually have like a lot of uh, original series from Korea now that's on there and that actually has boosted their sales as well. You know what you're saying makes a lot of sense, El, because I'm here thinking for me, if I'm taking it from a business stance standpoint, someone in the um industry, the arts industry who is into producing movies, I want to know that if I'm putting something out there, the viewership is there because Netflix will probably come back to me and say, Hey, we're gonna have to drop it. I'm like, but why? I you know, I'm hearing good feedback on social media and they're gonna say, but we're not seeing the numbers. The viewership isn't there. Okay, got it. Makes a whole lot of sense. I'm sorry, I had to bring it to real life. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and Netflix does um, what they do is total hours watched, right? So they they judge every TV program or every uh, uh, you know every movie that they have based on total hours watched. There is no uniform system uh, for streaming services in terms of how you measure like your audience, right? Uh, I know that um, Nielsen has recently launched. Uh, they launched, I think, of around November or so. They launched. Uh, they're doing it by total minutes watched, right? Right, you know, to see how many minutes are watched, which means they have access to Netflix and Peacock and the other 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 streaming platforms. But even with uh, Nielsen's rankings, almost seven to eight of the ten top ten programming that they have is always from Netflix. Right, so uh, you really rarely get something from any of the other other platforms. I like the total hours watched. I think it's like the best model they should institute across the board to really uh, uh, garner popularity. But like Peacock was doing like. Uh, when Bel Air the reboot came out, they did it by how many accounts, individual accounts watched Bel Air, some or all of it, right? And so you don't know whether they watched a few episodes or whether they watched the whole season. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so I think that's the next step for the streamers is to figure out what is the uh, standard uh, measuring system they're going to have to determine, like, whether or not a particular movie or a program has an audience so they can make a determination about are they going to keep it or are they going to cancel it. And there were obviously Netflix canceled 20 programs uh, in the beginning of February, including uh, Cowboy Bebop, largely because even though it was popular in terms of the viewership, it cost them $60 million just to produce one season. 
and wow. they're just spinning. They're not spending sixty million dollars for about ten episodes anymore. So, peppy, peppy, and cheap is what they want. Peppy and cheap. One other thing I'll say is, uh, L mentioned how they they've invested like sixty million dollars in, I uh, know five hundred million dollars that is, in uh, in South Korea. They've invested sixty million dollars in South Africa, uh, and they haven't said what the number is. But in uh, Nigeria, they've obviously invested a lot of money because they have a lot of programs coming from Nigerian movies that are being made exclusively for the Netflix platform. So they definitely are franchising out. Awesome! Thank you for that information. Wow. I appreciate your um, explaining it that way. And thank you to Elle. You see, uh, um, these are not my areas of expertise, not understanding the behind the scenes and the drivers and the, the KPIs, all of that and how everything comes into play. I understand dollars and cents though. But so thank you very much for taking the time to break that down for us. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, Netflix. Well, it, yeah, I see the business behind it. Why they're in a position to do it for those countries because they're gaining the revenue there. All right. How many of you have got a gift card and just tossed it to the side? How many of you right now, if you were to check your wallets, check your purses, ladies who keep changing handbags, a different handbag for every outfit, check your bags, check your purses, check your the glove compartment in your car. How many of you have gift cards that you have not spent? I know I have. I have a $100 gift card for, what's the name of that restaurant? I don't have no clothes to go there. That's why I haven't gone yet. Um, is it Ruth Chris or Chris Ruth? What's the name of it? Ruth Chris. Ruth Chris. <laughs> Ruth Chris, right. I can't, have, I don't have the outfits to go there, so I haven't gone yet. We have a $100 gift card for there. I haven't used it. I've had it about, what, two years now? I don't even know if it's still good. Is there an expiration date on gift cards? Sometimes. Not specifically. I don't think so, no. Okay. No, they used to be. The older ones used to, but now some of them do not expire. Okay. But, uh, they, but they do have certain stipulations on them now because um, um, I forgot what exactly it was, but there's some new regulations on some of these gift cards, especially ones that are department stores that are very store specific. Okay. That right. people should look into. So folks, check your surroundings. Some people love them. Some people hate them. Worse, a large number of us who receive them on special occasions are indifferent to them or even forget about them entirely such is the sad fate of gift cards millions of which go unused each year and have a collective value estimated to be in the billions of dollars almost two-thirds of american consumers have at least one unspent gift card tucked away in a drawer pocket wallet or purse and at least half of those consumers lose a gift card before they use it that's according to a new report from credit summit an online provider of financial advisory services so the report said there is as much as 21 billion dollars of unspent money tied up in unused and lost gift cards of those surveyed a majority of respondents said their unredeemed cards were worth two hundred dollars or less we got to do better there's 21 million 21 billion dollars sitting down cash out your gift cards folks if you don't want and you're if you don't want them and you're able to transfer them to someone let's do that my problem with the gift cards have always been that you you get down to a certain, you know, to a certain amount, and it's like, well, I got, 
I only got five dollars. I'm gonna do with this, right? Right? <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> so you know, so you or you know, you end up with a dollar seventy five left on it. You're like, well, you know, what am I gonna do? But what I figured out what to do is that you know, uh, I figured out either a just I'll take a fee just to take the money out of the bank and and, and you know, uh, you know, or, you know, or be able to transfer it or just transfer it onto like a Vimeo or transfer it into your bank account. You know, uh, just, you know, transfer it on Vimeo so I can transfer it into my bank account just so I can get it off of that card. Hold on. Like, yeah. Stop right there one second. Sorry to cut you. You said you can transfer the value of your uh -huh. gift card. Let us say it's a Bed Bath & Beyond gift card. You're able to transfer the value of that into what app? Vin oh no 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 oh, oh okay. no you can't do it with, you can't do it with bed bath and beyond you okay. can do it with like the visas you know like oh, okay. the visa the mastercards but not those other ones right okay, right? okay. But, yeah, but the visas i'll transfer i'll transfer those things over to vimeo and then i'll just transfer them over to the bank right or else i'll just leave it on vimeo saying you know i'm gonna go out and eat with some friends so you know we're gonna pay through vimeo i'll do it that way but with the other ones yeah uh we tend not to want to get those like bed bath and beyond or uh, any of those because it's like Unless you, unless it's a place we like to go shop at, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what happens with a lot of people. You probably don't even really care about shopping at these places. You know, it's not really in your thought process. Somebody thought, oh, we'll give you $200. But you're like, yeah, I'm not really interested. So that's probably why a lot of it goes sitting on the side. Okay, so we have a question for you, on David. We need your expertise here. The question mm -hmm. in the chat is, how exactly do you do that, the transfer? So walk us through the steps. I have a Visa, I have a MasterCard, yeah. or I have an American Express gift card in my hand. How exactly do I transfer it through that third party and then from the third party into my mm. bank account? Walk us through the steps, please. Thank okay, you. okay. so the first thing you have to do when you get the gift card is uh, you have to you can go online or go on the phone, right? but I like to do it on the phone. Just call in. Uh, you have to set up the little password, right? Uh, and you have to set it, set up the password. So, so that means when you set up the password, it means if you wanted to go to a bank and pull out money, right? Then you're able to go to the bank and pull out money. That's kind of why you need you need to set that up. And you also need to. Um, this is where you go online. You have to change the whole address to the to the card, right? So it has. Uh, you know your your address on it because that's another component that people don't know. So you go on you go onto the website. You know, you know, set it. You know, set up the card on the website. Put in your address, so it's your address, so it's not like because, you know, so it's not like the address of the of the insurer of the of the, of the person who get, who gave it to you, right? Uh, and then after that, then you just go ahead and you add the card to your Vimeo, just like you would link your uh, your bank card or any other kind of card to a Vimeo account. So you just link it to you add it onto there, right? And then uh, you just go ahead and whatever balance it is right you go ahead and transfer the balance over into uh the vimeo right and then once you get the, the balance transferred into the vimeo uh i usually just not that it matters but i usually just wait a day or two right and then if you have your if you already have your bank which you should have obviously linked to the you know link to your vimeo then you just go ahead and transfer the balance into your bank and then usually within three days right you know uh, although these days it comes pretty quickly for me uh, then it it'll it will have transferred over into your account, but you have to make sure you have, you know, your checking account and for your bank, uh, you know, linked to the uh, Vimeo because obviously sometimes it's where they're taking money from to put on to put on there to be able to pay for whatever it is you're uh, uh, you're paying for uh, through that. And I also have a Vimeo card. I don't know if anybody has the Vimeo card, so 
uh, have the Vimeo card as well. So even even that's just an additional thing. So but that's all you really, really need to do. So the Vimeo card is like the Cash App card or the Square card when you have a Square account or a Cash App account. It, it, mm, 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 said, mm, mm. No. It's it's it 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 is my Vimeo card is um, I'm just pulling it out now so I can my Vimeo card is a debit card right so it's a Vimeo debit card it is by master so it's Vimeo with Mastercard right because they have a Mastercard label on it okay. uh, so. Yeah, so acts so it acts as almost similar to like a bank debit card. It has a whole chip and everything, you know, uh, on it for you. Uh, and so what that means is that if you rather than uh, let's just say you're, you're you're spending, you're purchasing something yourself, and you're not you're not you're not doing the whole you know share thing. And even if you wore right, mm -hmm. uh, if you would just wanted to pay with your Vimeo card, you could just pay with your Vimeo card, just like you could with your bank card or a credit card. You know it any different spot and it works the same way right uh and it just means the vimeo card just means the money that you have in your vimeo account right right is going to come right off you know it's going to it's going to come come right off that when you use when you use the vimeo card so uh i would tell people you should apply for a vimeo card because the vimeo card is free so doesn't really you know it, it didn't cost you anything to get it right they'll send you a vimeo card so you have that card but you have to make but you still have to make sure that you have your bank account your normal bank account are linked up to vimeo and okay. make sure that you can transfer money back and forth, right? You know, because okay. you, some people have it set up where they can only do it one way, where where you know the bank can take money, you know, uh, uh, to pay for the or Vimeo can take money from the bank to, to to cover a charge, but you can't put money in it. You have to make sure it's set up to go both ways. When you do that, then you just take those individual uh, uh, Visa or um, Mastercard gift cards, link link them in the, link them into Vimeo the same way you would another. Then transfer the funds over and then wait a day. I'd say wait a day and then transfer it over to your bank and then you can just put it all in the bank. Thank there you, you go. so much, David. Appreciate it. Javed, I hope that Javed, sorry, I hope that answered your question. All right, gotta have our black history moment for today. How many barriers can one person break? For civil rights activist, lawyer, judge, and state senator Constance Baker Motley, that number is hard to count. She broke through the limits placed on women and people of color to strike at the heart of racial segregation. Growing up in Connecticut, Baker Motley always knew she wanted to make a difference. As the second black woman to attend and graduate from Columbia University School of Law, Baker Motley clerked for the NAACP's Legal Defense Fund while still a student. And after graduating, she became the only woman in a team of lawyers dedicated to overturning racist laws. She began by challenging universities that refused to admit black students. She argued for equal pay of black teachers, wrote the legal arguments for Brown versus Board of Education, helped to desegregate public spaces, and defended civil rights leaders who had been arrested by police. She was the first black woman to argue not one, but 10 cases before the US Supreme Court winning nine. But success was not without struggle. Racist and sexist judges would often turn their backs when she spoke. And as with many African-Americans who challenged the status quo, the threat of violence was never far away. Baker Motley powered through it all, showing up to fight for what was right, not just in the courtroom, but in the world of politics too, as the first African-American woman elected to the New York State Senate and the first African-American woman to become a U.S. federal judge, paving the way for diversity in the courtroom and beyond. What barriers would you like to break? In that video, 
clip was courtesy of iCivics.org, the letter I civics.org it's a great place um website to go to um to get a lot of information that we can pass on to our children and to anyone who wants to learn about black american history african-american history all right so uh icivics.org and that video was about constance baker motley judge let me let me let me let me put her put some respect on her name judge constance baker motley the first african-american woman to argue a case before the supreme court and also to be elected to the new york state senate and be appointed a federal judge. All right, go right ahead. Al, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm working at <laughs> it. Not know I was unmuted. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. All right, so that was our Black History moment. So friendships at work, they say, can boost happiness. And this is out of our health and science segment. Is that true? Because I have a rule. Hmm. But let's get into it. NPR.org. The pandemic had a huge impact on how we work and our relationship with our jobs. For many people who worked remotely for months or still do, the lost boundaries between their work and personal lives may have helped fuel a rise in burnout. Trends like quiet quitting have taken off as many tried to pull back how much of themselves they invested in their careers. But if putting in extra grueling hours at work has lost its appeal, investing in the other humans that you work with may be worth a second look. One of the key factors that make for happier, healthier workers is how connected people feel with their colleagues. And that's according to Dr. Robert Waldinger, who is a professor of psychiatry at the Harvard Medical School and director of the Harvard Study of Adult Development, one of the longest running studies on what makes humans thrive. So, Dr. Robert explores the result of that study and other studies on the topic. In a new book, The Good Life, which he wrote with his colleague Mark Schultz, in it the authors share findings of the 85 years of research following people from their teens throughout their lives, assessing factors that led to health and well-being. The big takeaway, what is it? The people who had the warmest connections with other people weren't just happier, they stayed healthier longer and they lived longer as well. We get little hints of well-being, if you will, from all kinds of relationships, from friends, family, work colleagues. While the study found that very close relationships, for example, romantic partners, siblings and friends are critical, it also found that a whole spectrum of another relationship matters or of other relationships matter all of that seems to affirm our need for belonging dr robert said that we are seen and recognized by others even the most casual contact and since much of our waking lives are spent at work workplace bonds make a real difference unfortunately the lack of social connection at work is starting to be recognized as a growing problem. A recent Gallup poll found that only about a third, 32% of workers, are engaged in their work, down from 36% in 2020. 
The survey also found that the number of actively disengaged workers has risen since the pandemic. Another recent Gallup poll found that only two in 10 American workers say they have a best friend at work. You know, they would say, that's my work best friend or that's my work hubby. That's someone you can confide in about the personal side of your life. And for those under 35, that number dropped by three percentage points since 2019. With 20%, the 20% with a work bestie were better performers on the job. They were much less likely to leave their job for another one because they had a friend at work. How many of you have friends at work or you keep you, you just try to keep it work? Or you have tried to keep it more than work and it didn't work, so you go back to work? Uh, I keep my work life, like my work friends, like we develop friendships or associates. Like um, I keep them at work, but I don't put them all in my personal life because they don't need to know all that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a way to do it because I think at work sometimes, I mean, depending on how long you've been there, and it also depends on how you grew up yourself, um, uh, the, the, some some things are not meant to be at work. And I think sometimes work can sometimes become a little bit personal, and then that's how you get all the little infighting. But there, there needs to be a balance for both. But I think it's good to form healthy relationships um, and across all the environments that you are in. Um, hopefully they will just stay friendships and do not become romantic because that's a slippery slope. Um, I do see that some people get comfortable with uh, speaking with you a certain type of way when uh, uh, when you are at work because they feel like they've built that rapport. So there's certain things you have to look out for. So, you know, it's a good thing, but you have to be vigilant during those interactions. Well said. Thank you so much. Let me jump to the chat. Thank you, Al. Donald says, I have two work wives, but they're no help to him. Geely said, me, that's my second family. It's only four of us. <laughs> well, as a Jamaican, what is, what is our saying? Familia, famili- Familiarity saying? breeds content. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and that is a fact. Yeah. As she just said, you friend them at work and they feel like they know you, so they feel like they can disrespect you, especially if you're moving a higher position than them. Yes. And they feel like they have something for hold over your back so you can't reprimand them if they do something bad. Boy, I just feel like they work at work and personal life and personal life. Me and you don't need to be in that zone there. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Kim. Thank you so much. This is Jamaican and Saudi Arabia. Can't believe it that it's that time already. But yeah, um, there, it's a slippery slope, and you have to know how to balance the scales, folks. PMP, to one them and chunk, separate by the path. I blood them for chunk, me police and soldier in the snow bunk. Things are come up to bump, we're waiting for the real rocker, rocker them to come on front. No fool, no idiot, no punk. Yeah, man, what am I do? 
Gotta give a big thank you to everyone that logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. For quality music while you work or play, remember to keep it logged on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Y'all let me in, why? Mojo B would be more than dead To take you and lead you to the promised land Me plenty food diving All you got to do is be true So let's correspond Satisfy your emotion At a fatty press, instantly she bust She no old and tough And she no got down or us Things smooth and precious Like she never get a cut Once on the expand up Got to all and pull up Gotta give a big thank you also to everyone that listened on JanoRadio.com for quote well for 24-hour party vibe. Non-stop vibes, log on to www.janoradio.com. But even better, download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. Coming up Monday, Monday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, it is Days After Dark. Real Relationship Talk. Join Moments with me. Marlon, Sinet, Rosolo, and Javette as we take on Real Relationship Talk. Set your alarms from now, folks. Monday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, live on QMZRadio.com, JohnnoRadio.com. And, of course, the conversation is right here on Clubhouse. From around there, from around there. So go and your people. Bring them to my town. We gon' love your people. A big thank you to everyone with me on Clubhouse. Thank you for helping me to hold it down. After all, this is where I read the news and we share our views. Thank you for your insight. Thank you for your shared views, varying opinions, and interesting perspectives. And as always, great conversation. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter, Me Media Moments, on Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on TikTok, Moments with Me Media. And the me in everything is MI. To my folks on QMZRadio.com and JohnnoRadio.com, this is Moments with me signing out. Have yourselves a wonderful rest of the day and weekend. Whatever you do, wherever you go, do me this one favor. Please be safe.